boom we are live uh good evening everyone this is our 10th podcast darius yes it is uh and tonight we got we got a special guest um i met this gentleman just full disclosure off of panel he was the only dude that would ask questions uh and now afterwards i reached out to to the college i'm just like can can you connect us and then since there i think we've had some pretty good conversation uh tonight we have uh we have mike thank How's you going, mike? thank you very much uh, that, was, that was a pretty big introduction i don't know if i can live <laughs> up to all that um, you definitely full, can today we're going to be talking about what you caught what you drop, or, or oh, I can't remember what he said. What does he say? I don't know. I, I don't watch sneaker shopping because it's. I think it's like a waste of twelve minutes. But you know. I mean, shout out Joe Puma though. Shout out Joe Puma. Like I'm not. I'm not dissing Joe Puma at all. I just like. You know what I mean? I there's only so many times I can see somebody buy the off white Jordan one before I'm like, okay, like I've had enough. Yeah, there's only so many point. times I can see them tally up the receipt and they pay retail for the off whites and you're like, you're lying to me. <laughs> Yo, people get snaked off that show. Jesus. Um, So we have a segment on this podcast. It's basically, you know, we always cover what we wore uh, in the week and uh, both on the feet and on the wrist. So I'm going to start off with you, Darius. What did you wear this week? This week, I've been suit and tie. But but today, today, um, I'm wearing the back on AP, back on my AP today. Amazing. And just wearing um, on the feet, I was wearing my Balenciaga speed trainers because those are my dedicated snow boots because I'm terrible. Um, totally ineffective snow boot, but whatever. I know. I'm like, shit. I was expecting like, you know, docks, blood nah. stones. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Dude, Not on snow. your feet. Not, Not on, on my feet. feet. Yeah. Um, well, Mike, what did you wear? Mike. Uh, for me, honestly... I'm I'm living that life of a student right now, so I can't even I can't even front. I'm I'm really wearing like a lot of sweats nowadays. Whole lot of roots. Shout out roots. <laughs> um, on the All right, feet, shout out I, roots. When I when I do leave the house though, um, on the feet I rock my Air Max ninety fives triple black Ooh. like every day. Like without fail, you got I, some I security vibes over there. Right? Yeah, you know it. it looked like it looks like I could beat you up at any moment. But then you like like if you look at only the feet, but then you look up and you're like, oh man, I would crush this guy. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> um, that I don't really wear anything on the wrist because um, okay, again, I'm a college student, so yeah. That was my next question for you. Them, I, so. I, I was trying to see Mike. If you have any watches, it doesn't have to be expensive. We we talk about this on the podcast. It doesn't have to be expensive. It could be anything. So funny, funnily enough, and, uh, no, I don't have a Fitbit. I used to have an Apple Watch, but it got stolen out of my car along with a pair Jeez. of Jordan Three Retro Eighty Eights, no. a Kith Racing Jacket, uh, a Rud Sack. Like I got. Oh, and my Marin. DSLR. I literally I got rinsed so hard Man, you by got cleaned whoever out. broke into my car in Waterloo. Like. This guy must be still eating off the hall that he got out of my car. <laughs> Do you think he went to Grailed? <laughs> you know what? I, I I wouldn't be surprised, but I remember like for weeks, like I was on yeah. Waterloo Kijiji because I was in I was at Laurier at the time, and I was yeah. on Waterloo Kijiji like typing in like Kith Racing Jacket like like every single day. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I'm gonna find them. I'm gonna find them. I did not find them, so he he got Jeez. away pretty clean. Yeah. 
Wow. Um, so no, no, nothing on the wrist. Uh, nothing really on the wrist. So yeah, like I like I said, I did have that Apple Watch. I do have a watch, but here's the thing. So my dad is the one that buys watches in the house. Um, but yo, shout out my dad. I love him, but he's got really, really bad taste. Uh, <laughs> he's got really bad taste. But he did buy like this one, like steel like stainless steel like Versace watch and it's like who buys a Versace watch but whatever he bought this like Versace watch and um he gifted it to me maybe when I was in like the 12th grade because he didn't really wear it and you know once I like it has like the um like the bezel you can like change uh like you you can can, change or you can move oh no 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 like you can like twist it off like it comes with like a few different ones and then um so like I I took off the really obnoxious one with the Versace <laughs> like lettering. <laughs> the or Medusa whatever. head? Uh, it doesn't have the Medusa head on it. It has like that, uh, you know, like that. I don't even know. Like I guess like there is it their monogram. Like it's like the you, you know like the path. Oh yeah, oh, the yeah. Greco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like I was the Greco like, ribbon looking thing. Yeah. Yeah, I was like I don't want anything to do with this, <laughs> and I just I just like put on like the regular like black and red one or whatever. Uh, so I guess I guess that's a watch that I do have, um, but it again, counts, yeah, yeah I, it does count. But I, but it's not. It's definitely not like some like it's not anything like super. Like I like I don't want to say it's not super nice. Like I like the watch, but it's not like it's like a. In terms of people that collect watches, it's not a nice watch, <laughs> you know. Well, what's your opinion on that, Darius? I think it, it. I think it still counts. You know what it is, people. I think it's something that. It still means something. And it's not like you're fronting and you like you're aware of what it is and you're aware of like what it is and like in the grand scheme of quote unquote watch snobbery. But it still means something, like it still counts. That's my opinion. It still it still counts. Yeah. If it tells time it counts. I I, exactly. I I agree with that. If you can have a sundial on your wrist, it still counts. But That's to be true. totally fair, if if I could have either that watch or like six G shocks, I'd take the six G shocks. Period. Ooh. Oh hell yeah. Sure. I would Shout agree. I, I'm on the boat of agreeing to that. Shout a out, tri- Dad. A triple black G-Shock? Timeless. Period. What do you think about those Cassiokes? Uh, the Cassiokes? Yeah, so it, it's a... Um, Casio G-Shock has basically come up with like a resin or like a you know silicone rubber uh, version of what looks like a um, AP Royal Oak. I'm not about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not about it. I've, I've never seen it. I'm not going to lie. I've never seen it. Yeah. But like, look, and, and this is coming from a guy that loves bootlegs. And yeah. I'm, sure we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on that at some point. But For sure. uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm about no. that. Like, it, especially okay. with watches, because I just feel like, you know, like, like an AP, it's like you look like if you know anything about watches, like I, I'm not like a huge watch guy, but like if I see somebody wearing an AP, like I can tell it's an AP from across the room. Like I don't want to sure. like I don't want to see like a rubber AP on somebody's. Darius, <laughs> <laughs> are, are you pulling up a photo? But Is that what you're doing? Thing, I, my buddy, my buddy has one, and it's metal converted, and I think it's so cool. Yeah, you sent that to me. So while you pull that up, I'll just kind of share. Um, what's funny is uh, uh, I've been wearing the Explorer a lot. Uh, Darius, you know that's a great watch. Um, very robust, very sturdy. Love it. But I also pulled out like a $15 Casio last week, right? It, like you know, plastic. But the thing is, it just got the job done. Sometimes I don't want to wear a bracelet, right? 
Is it one of the ones What's with the little like calculator on it? <laughs> oh, I do have that, but the I don't Ameri- wear it. The American that's Apparel often. Joint, man. I'm telling you. The <laughs> is that Apparel. the American Apparel Joint? Bro, you don't remember that? I remember like whenever you I walk don't. into an American Apparel, like above the cashier, they had like this. Just, you like, would have. They would have those. Yeah, they had this pole, and they would have like a bunch of different Casios, and like they always had the calculator one. Oh shit! Yeah. Yo, that that stuff was expensive. It was like sixty dollars for like a full zip hoodie. Ooh. Not at that time, man. I remember being like 13. Or like the letters, you know, the capital and lowercase, like letter yeah. t-shirts. A- yeah. A- yeah. I remember um, I remember being like 13 or like 12 or something and like going to uh, like on my Montreal trip, grade eight and being wow. like, you know what I'm copping with the $200 my parents gave me? I don't know how much they gave me. I'm like, I'm copping an American apparel purple zip-up hoodie like the one that justin bieber has even though i don't like justin bieber because all the girls like it and like i was balling with this purple zip-up hoodie from american apparel and now i think back to the quality of it and i'm like damn i'm happy i don't the have fleece that is terrible. Anymore. <laughs> the, oh, the, terrible. the the napping on, on that fleece is, is not good at all it's so bad not guilty pleasure all. i still wear, i still have one it's gray and i still wear it at home Ooh. damn it's lived yeah. for that long. Darius, do you have the photo? Yeah, I sent it to you. Oh, you sent it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Let's, so uh, it's it's let me it's me it. it's me holding my friend's um, Cassie Oak steel conversion, wearing my Royal Oak, and I think it's dope. Oh, that is pretty dope. It's dope it's in the metal. Sick. It's dope in the metal. It's but sick I'm saying in the like. Metal. Yeah, and here's, here's the real one right there. <laughs> <laughs> but if it if it was if it was in the rubber, I'd I'd be like, yo, just throw this out. Like, how, how much yeah, does the it go ru- for? The rubber's like what one something, one thirty. Oh, that's soft. Okay, I thought it was gonna be like three fifty or something for with for the, the metal design, conversion. Right? It's like three something. That's kind of soft too. I mean, you should get one. Yeah, get one. You know what? I'm going to be the biggest hypocrite. I'm going to be the biggest hypocrite. You guys are going to cop right now. (laughs) In the middle of the podcast. I'm going to go on the G-Shock website and be like, what is metal conversion? (laughs) Amazon metal conversion, kid. (laughs) Gassioke. Is that that what you have to do, though? You have to buy the kit separately, like from like a third party? Yeah, you do. You do. But it's like, it's so, it's apparently really easy to do and looks really good. Damn, that's some real do-it-yourself at home shit for sure. <laughs> for sure. Before we kind of dive into the to new watches, I want to go back to the American Apparel. So okay. I was guilty. I, I bought one as well, um, and I just remember the the hoodie pilled within the first wash, all the napping on the back of the fleece washed off, and then I was left thinking like I just spent like sixty bucks on this thing <laughs> that I thought was so hype and so cool. And it's literally trash. See, like, like Hollister had better, like Hollister had better uh, fucking quality before. Yo, don't don't even sleep on Hollister. When I, I I actually have like I remember like a pair of like the sweatpants. Remember they had like the Hollister down the side or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, those are so, fire. I don't have like the full pants anymore, but for some reason my mom thought it was a good idea to like cut it into shorts for me, and I shorts? wear them around the house. Yeah, and I've had them for over ten years, and I wear them around the house all the time and they're comfy as hell no (laughs) pilling i i literally don't even understand how they've lasted but yo they're like don't even sleep on hollister like that 
You can okay. sleep in Hollister. You can sleep in Hollister. I sleep in Hollister. <laughs> and no shame. Jammies. <laughs> there come the new jammies. Um, but, oh, the American Apparel thing. So, like, I... There's a part of me, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way about clothes, but, you know, when I was, like, 12, 13, like... Not that I didn't realize that pilling happened, but, like, I don't think I really was, like, that cognizant of it. Like, it's not like I was, like, oh, like, the hand on this hoodie isn't good enough for the $60. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? But, but like, I kind of miss that. Like, I miss being 13 and being, like, H&M jeans? Don't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that would <laughs> save me so much money. That would save me so much money. The like, ignorance. I wish, I wish I could be ignorant like that again. The ignorance is bliss. <laughs> for me what's what's different is like whenever like as a kid when we'd go shopping my mom could pick that stuff out right away i'd be like hey i want this you're like look there's already pilling on it why are you buying it <laughs> or like the the color shading is off they're like you know like that kind of stuff so i'm just like the okay, pattern matches is, is terrible yeah you know what you know, I, I i'm not really like a big tiktok person but like one of my friends uh carrera shadow carrera um she, I think, posted a TikTok one time, and I don't know why it was like something about pilling. Like I think she was just like okay. laughing at it, and like I see like these like fourteen and fifteen year old kids on TikTok like shaving off their pilling with like a little disposable razor, and I'm like, wow, the joys of being fifteen. <laughs> like, Damn, that's, that's crazy. Imagine I did yeah. that with American Apparel. <laughs> oh, you would just shave right through it. Imagine buying like a Balenciaga hoodie and like having to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is crazy, man. That is crazy. Yeah. Did you have the same experience, Darius? Like, how's how's your hoodie holding oh, yeah, up yeah. after ten years? It's still good because I I literally only wear it in the home. Like I don't wear it anywhere else. But you know what? What the next step after being like ignorant is like knowledge, right? The next step after knowledge. Is just not caring anymore. <laughs> so today, uh, uh, I yeah. Today, you know how last episode we were talking about how Supreme Box logo is very like through the roof. Today, I changed all my tires in a Supreme Box logo, <laughs> <laughs> so I have like tire marks all over the bottom of my hoodie now. I'm gonna wash Damn. that off soon. You know what? I I think that. Uh... If anything, you kind of you didn't obviously. I mean, you just tank the value of it. Like you're, you just oh you just whatever. Fucked, you just fucked your resale <laughs> value. But like honestly, especially lately, um, and like I've been doing a little bit of this work myself. Where like you know, like yellowing soles and like distressing and stuff like that. Oh, nice. And Filthy. Yeah, I mean, like you know, I can only aspire to be doing kicks for Ronnie Fag, but like, um, no, it's just it's. I feel like this worn and aesthetic. It like it, I know it's not gonna last forever, but god damn, I wish it would, cause it is like such a good look. Like I like the ALD five fifties, where like it looks like somebody pissed on the sole. Like I love it, <laughs> I love it. And also like yo, like I'm not I'm not even kidding. Like I I saw um last night that New Balance is dropping some five fifties, not ALD. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and like they were like the they were like the clean the clean like Cleanest white midsole, ever. and I was like, I'm gonna make a killing yellowing these. They're they're not being released in uh, Canada. They're already released. They're not in. They're not gonna be in U.S. or or Canada. <laughs> Yo, drop shipping. 
Yeah, you're gonna have to like fly to. I know, like in India and like some parts of Europe, they're getting it, but not Canada and U.S. anytime soon. Oh, sweet! I'll just hit on my plug yeah. in India. No problem. Oh, there you go. <laughs> bulk. You're gonna get them in bulk. Man, I'm, I literally, if if you're from India and you're listening to this, I'll buy 15 pairs from you right now. I like. I don't care what size, red, blue. It could be like you're some gonna have to legit check way. those though. <laughs> You know what, man? Honestly, if StockX can throw a verification tag on everything, I'm sure I can do it. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really burning bridges in the first 15 minutes. I know, it's like, damn. I, yeah, it's all good. This is this it's is what the all in good fun. It's all in good fun. No, yeah. shout out to StockX, so, Josh Luger, or whatever is. I think it's Josh Luger. I don't know. He he's gone. He's uh he's he, gone he left North the company. Yeah. What? When was this? And. and there's been some there's some controversy about the security breach, and he left just in time before the lawsuit, which is funny. Um, but StockX News, I don't know if you knew, uh, Mike, and we talked about it before, Darius. Um, Canadian divisions here. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw they they opened up their Saga warehouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So hopefully that we'll we'll see something go on over there. Um, you know, save us on the duties, save us on the shipping at least. Because uh, that's one thing why I didn't pop buy from StockX. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. I got a shoe, and I will not say which shoe it was because I don't want to, you know. You got to. Um, piss this off. Who... It was a dunk. Let's just say it's a dunk. I bought a shoe locally. Um, I, I guess I got it's... it kind of under market value. It's an off-boy dunk. I, I flipped that shit on StockX immediately. This <laughs> is like... And, it was like that, and and I was like so happy because I didn't have to pay like all this money for shipping to the U.S. And like the duty charge, like, you know what I mean? All that garbage that they're yeah. charging you when you have to ship to the U.S. Mississauga Stock X, really good look, and except if you're selling consoles, in which case, stop doing that. You're tanking the market for people. <laughs> you're tanking the market for people. <laughs> there's a, there's an agenda to that. There is an agenda to that. <laughs> yeah. Darius, Mikey you brought up something. Five PS5s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Darius, you talked about um, how there's the ignorance, you level up and you don't care. I'm looking around this virtual room right now and I see everyone's wearing hoodies. Oh, yeah. How, how are our hoodies? Are they amazing or we're still at I don't care? So, Darius, why don't you go first? What, are you, what, what hoodie are you wearing today? I'm, wearing, I'm still wearing that box logo I changed my tires in. Let me see. That's pretty dope. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Boom. Shout out. um, There we go. I don't have money for Supreme Box logos. I'm never going to have money for Supreme Box logos. (laughs) Even if I had money for Supreme Box logos, I can't justify the resale on them. But on retail. (laughs) If you can get them for retail, do your thing. For real. Get 10 of them. What? Get more have, of them. You have ten of them for retail? No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't. I, oh, I wish I, was I did. about to say. Oh my god! What kind of? Like, I need to. You need that. to send me your your bot afterward. That's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'm I'm wearing a little Nike ACG. Oh, that's um, a nice one, with the um one. with the pockets the and zippers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I bought it from. Um, I bought it from Soul Stop. Soul oh. Stop last year. Are, are the Soul Stops in Markham, right? Yes. Yeah, the one yes. five minutes from my house. Not to have people dox me, but yeah. <laughs> I literally don't know if it's Soul Stop or Capsule because they're like right beside each other. But I, anyways, I bought it from one of those two. Oh, Shout it's going to be Capsule. 
Yeah, shout out, shout out Capsule, I guess. <laughs> Soul Stop, I love you too, but whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I copped it from them last year, and I wear this hoodie religiously. Like, it's it's honestly become my go-to black hoodie. Like, I, I was never really, like, a huge ACG guy, but I definitely got into it over the last, like, year, year and a half, and, like, I don't know, I don't know, like, do you guys, do you guys feel like it's kind of, not a poser thing, but do you, do you feel like it's kind of, like, weird to be wearing, like, I like Arteryx and, like, our, a lot of outdoor brands, like, Patagonia, like, LL Bean, stuff like that, and not that I wear them all the time, but, you know, when I'm going to, like, El Katrine or something, and I'm wearing, like, a Nike ACG hoodie, I'm like, is this the appropriate attire for this? <laughs> like... <laughs> um, here, here's my take. I I own a few ACG pieces by myself. The Ruckleridge as a shoe. Uh, I own two of the Windbreakers when Aerilson was still, you know, um, doing the creative direction over there. I think you can. You can wear yeah, that can. shit Hell if yeah. you're not outdoors and you want to go to a festival. Um, and I credit this, Darius, we talked about this. It's the John Mayer effect. John Mayer and Aerilson put ACG on the map. So everyone just kind of stormed to it. You know what? I know it. Yeah. I I've heard you touch on the on the John Mayer thing like here and there. I don't listen to John Mayer. I don't follow him on social media or anything. But if some yeah, like if somebody told me like John Mayer is like wearing like this dunk or like this Jordan 1 or something, I'd be like instantly cooler. Like He's the coolest person alive. Like he's like one of the coolest <laughs> human beings that ever lived. Like it, and and like it's so weird because I'm not a John Mayer fan, but I just know that he's just like cool. He's just like, cool. He's such a cool person. Yeah. What do you think, Darius? I agree. Ed, Ed's like yes. Yeah, I'm a huge. Ed's so happy. <laughs> okay. Do how how much of that do you think is due to the fact that like he's like this womanizer <laughs> that like every like you know what i mean like he's he's essentially dated every beautiful woman you can imagine so like how I, much i've got how much no comment on cool that i got no comment on that <laughs> look i, I care was, about I his visible collection out. his capital collection and he's got a ton of nice watches he's got yeah. a ton of nice watches man yeah he's he's really he's really heavy on the wrist for sure yeah just just so, so you guys see i gotta i gotta wrap the brand ALD, Mr. ALD, ALD. When they still did the twenty-eight ounce uh, French Terry, they don't do it anymore. But the this super is a heavy nice, weight. Mm. Yeah, this is a nice weight. Over That's here. why I love my box logo because it's so heavy. Being from, you know, I mean, like I'm not from Toronto, but I guess Vaughn, which is like close enough. We're Toronto. You're gonna get doxed. We're Torontonians. <laughs> we're Torontonians go to die. Um, but basically, like. I don't know, like, look, for one, there's definitely, like, you know, stores in Toronto and, like, brands out of Toronto that definitely make me feel a certain type of way. Um, Like, I mean, like, Better Gift Shop, for one, like, I'm so happy that's a Toronto staple for us. Legends League, which, unfortunately, like, is kind of in the process of not being a thing anymore, even though Brian Spiritu is still going to put stuff out. Um Maybe like Haley Elsesser, like I do you I like, mean like she, do you like Get Fresh Co? I like Get Fresh Co. Yeah, I like Get Fresh Co. Okay. Some of the stuff I, I don't really I'm not a big like branding guy. Like I don't like okay. logos that much, but 
Yeah. They did they did these shorts. Um, they did these shorts that was like it was like a drug dealers only short or something like that. I can't remember what it was, and they're super dope. But like I know I can't pull them off because I'm gonna look like an idiot. It's like dealers only or something. But yeah, get get fresh code definitely definitely does does some cool stuff. But I just feel like my favorite brands are out of New York. Like I'm like a huge Kith guy. I'm a huge ALD guy. I love Noah. I love Awake, and those brands like feel like they're actually you know what I mean like they're part of New York. They're like, genuine they're New York culture. Yeah, like they like they're they're so true to where they're from. Is there really anywhere in Toronto that like makes you feel that way where you're like, oh, this is so Toronto. Like this makes it feel like Toronto. Like because I don't feel like OVO's that way because it's too worldwide. Yeah, OVO's tries to be that way, and it's, like, definitely pushed and branded that way. But I don't think, it, I agree, it's too worldwide. Like, they have Toronto. a store in Tokyo and London and Paris, and, like, they're a relatively young company, right? And they have, like, a million stores in Canada. It's everywhere. But to be totally fair, like, so does, like, you know, Kith and... Like, like, Kith, at the end of the day, like, has, like, their Tokyo store and, like, their L.A. store and all that stuff. But they still feel truly New York. No matter where they're marketing the product, it, they still feel like we're New York first. Like, we're, we're not – we might have stores here, but we're New York first. Like, I don't feel like there's anywhere in Toronto that really makes me, like, feel that way. Yeah. Is that an OVO problem or, or is that a Toronto problem? I think it's a Toronto problem because I don't think that OVO is, like – I don't, I don't, first off, I don't think it's Drake or I, I don't even know who like runs it. I think it's like, um, I think it's like Oliver does it. I think Oliver is the one that, that runs OVO day to day. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but whomever it is, um, all I'm saying is like, I don't think it's their responsibility to make it a Toronto brand. I feel like they always kind of wanted to make it like a worldwide thing. But I do think mm-hmm. it's a Toronto problem that we don't have any one person in streetwear where we're like, that's the guy we're looking at. That's the guy we're following. That's the guy we need to be like. That's the guy that's like, you know what I mean? Like, like just paving the way for everybody else. Like, that, that's a problem because like when you when you look at when you look at the industry in Canada, like, sure, we do have like a lot of stuff in Toronto, uh, but it kind of seems like Montreal outdoes us in terms of like feel like uh atelier new regime they they feel like a montreal brand dime they feel like a montreal brand where is that in toronto and why don't we have it like what do you think so yeah let let me jump in here um when it comes to toronto brand i've had meetings with a lot of global brands when we when they come over here we treat them for dinner the thing they always say the most is this feels like a mini new york but not in like a good way in like a oh it's cute right so i don't think we're really respected as a, as a city and so even when i'm thinking about brands is no there's no one brand that it's like hey this is a toronto thing when you look at kith the story of ronnie how he came up you know his uh <clears throat> I believe his uncle, right? The, the 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 shoe store selling brown boots and and you know trainers exactly David Z and then working his way up. That is authentic. He has all of that style. Same as Teddy, right? Family restaurant working his way and then now he's got his own brand. Same with Brandon, right? Brendan, sorry, Brendan with uh, with Noah. It's okay. He you know famously from Supreme and then crafted this more mature style. Um, Angelo as well from you know ex Supreme, 
you know, funny because uh, I kind of met all of them, but you know, it's it's really authentic. Once you meet the team, once you meet everything, you're just like, this is the most organic thing that could happen. And in Toronto, we just don't get that. I feel like in Toronto, we look at others to draw inspiration. And then we just kind of treat it like our people. It's just a melting pot. You have people that dress like hype beasts and they look like they're on the you know, Bay Area, West Coast. And then you have the people that, you know, want to dress like ALD because it's cold as hell here. And we're going to do the trench coats with with hoodies. Guilty of it myself. Um, and, and that's about it. You know, there's nothing uniquely Toronto. You brought up Montreal and I'm so glad you did because they are doing something right. Number one. A lot of manufacturing is being done in uh, Montreal because uh, land's a little cheaper and taxes are a little more fair, right? So from a manufacturing end, right? Um, and on the other side is, I just feel like there, there's an actual culture there. Uh, I know there's a Toronto brand out there. I don't want to put him on blast, but he tries to do it. However, his brand is, is about a movie that Tupac was in and then a logo that Tupac wore in that movie. We can say it off air, I just don't want to be a put him on blast, right? He's he's an OG in, in, in Toronto streetwear. But the thing is, his branding is based off of a California movie with Tupac in it. Yeah, like, I I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, th like that, that hurts. Like, that hurts that we don't have anything out of Toronto like that. And there, but at the end of the day, there's some really, really cool Toronto brands that are doing stuff right now. Like, um, I don't know if you guys know GGITS, like going ghost in the suburbs, but they're snapping like they're, they're yeah. not, but the thing is they don't feel like Toronto, but they have to be like the best, like street wearish brand out of Toronto right now. They're absolutely killing it. Like if you haven't checked out going ghost in the suburbs, you got to check them out. Like their arteric stuff that they're doing is bananas, like just all their graphics are like really cool, really fresh. Like it's, I've never seen anything like it before. Like there's no brand that I can compare them to. And I mean, maybe that is what Toronto becomes is like, I'm, I'm not like they could or could not be like the brand that comes out of Toronto, but maybe, maybe like at least they can, they can be one of those brands that helps to, you know, show us like what Toronto is capable of and like build like really a feeling around the city. Do you do you guys think that maybe the reason why we don't have like a feel is because of the fact that maybe Toronto doesn't really know what it is with all the industrialization and like all the cranes that are up like we're not really like cemented in terms of feel yet? You don't think we want to have feel? I I don't think like as as people who are like either create or are in the know of having being like in industry or very in tune with industry like obviously we want our own identity but i think the general consumer or the general like populace they don't really one they don't really care two they much rather it seem be to be connected with another city and feel quote-unquote cooler that's a really good point yeah it's i i guess it is hard to romanticize toronto if you're from like wisconsin or something <laughs> exactly exactly and I think having not having the general populace be behind a branding Toronto movement as in fashion and culture is very, very difficult. If the populace doesn't want it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's a really good point. I guess I haven't really thought of it that way. And that's just because of the fact that I myself am salty about the fact that we don't see it, you know, 
Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just like a personal thing, but you are, you're a hundred percent right. Like if, if the product's not going to move, then you're not going to have a brand at the end of the day. Exactly. Well, think, oh, of, think I... about it this way. Sorry. Um, Darius, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I thought, I thought you were actually frozen because their videos. Yeah, you are frozen. Oh, what the heck? Am I, am I talking though? You are talking. Yeah, yeah we can hear you. Okay. I just, your videos cut out. That's weird. Okay. So what I was, what I wanted to say was basically, um, with Toronto, number one, let me ask you guys, what is the brand image? What do you get out there? Number two is the reason why New York does so well is everyone in each suburb treats it like its own city. Is, it, is there anyone going to treat Markham like, oh, I'm from Markham? Anyone like, yo, Saga, link up. There's no one going to do that. But you go there, it's like Brooklyn, the Bronx, right? I'm from Flushing. Right? Like, they are proud of that. Am I proud of being from Markham? I'll be honest. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't rep it like I would rep Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, I, I definitely I definitely agree with that. Like, I mean, when you look at, like, I, I'm not too sure what part of New York Teddy's from. But I know, like, Ronnie and Angelo Queens. are from, um, are from, like, Queens. And, yeah. like... You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I got like, they got Queens on their back. Like, that's so damn cool. Like, they have the whole borough. It's like, I would never be like, oh, yeah, like, Vaughn, Colossus, and Vaughn Mills, and like, the ghost of NASCAR Speed Park or whatever. Like, I, like, like, there's nothing cool about where I live. And I, I, I think maybe maybe we will get that one day once the TTC figures it out and like gets everybody like more connected in terms of a subway line because that really is what connects New York you know is is that identity from borough to borough to borough like people can can see it and accept it from borough to borough because of the fact that they're in such close contact with these people every day like whether it's on the subway or whether they're walking down the street like a lot of the time they can. You know, like, not to stereotype anybody, but, like, you can, like, see somebody and be like, oh, that person's probably from Brooklyn. Like, that person's probably from Queens. That person oh, might there be goes from the Bronx. Ah, oh, damn. Totally right. I agree. Come on, Ed. Where'd you so, go? So, basically, it's going to take us, like, 60 years for us to get a feel. <laughs> of a basically. I think, I think you're totally right. I can imagine it in my mind's eye, right? If I was in New York go, taking the subway and, like, going places, but in Toronto, my mind's eye goes, I'm going to drive somewhere. Yeah. And be isolated in my little pod of transportation. Yeah. I, um, I think that, you know, like, it's, it's kind of... It's like, how, how much of this can we blame on the fact that... Okay, look, I'm not, I'm not calling Toronto or any of the, of the surrounding areas corny. Like, I'm not saying that we're corny per se, but like, you know, if we're being totally honest, like I, we're not as cultured as New York. (laughs) We're definitely not as cultured as New York. Like how much of this can we blame on the lack of interconnectedness through like a transit system? And how much of it can we blame on the fact that people are kind of stuck in their bubbles? Like just by by choice. Yeah. By choice. And it's just like, they don't want to have an identity. They don't want to do anything. Uh, I think, oh, Ed had a power outage at the condo. Oof. Yeah, he said to continue and not worry. And not worry? So here oh, we are. Oh, okay. 
We're, so we're here doing, we are. We're doing a two-man show. We're kicking we're Ed doing off it. the pod. We're doing <laughs> a freestyle. So what happened was Ed Ed has a power outage in condo. Oh, some, new condos, man. New condos. Oh, he just I, moved? I don't know. I have no idea. But I, th- it, I think it's a new condo. Like, they have pretty spotty powerage. But we're saying how a lot of GTA, like Greater Toronto Area neighborhoods and cities and towns don't really have an identity because people one don't care enough and two are so isolated from each other that it never never could interconnect itself no one ever developed identity from it i think i think a a part of that um might just like and it's kind of sad that we don't like okay like toronto the downtown core it's a melting pot you know yeah. But, like, for example, if I'm talking about, like, where I live in Vaughn, like, I'm the odd man out because I'm one of I'm one of the only people I know that isn't Italian by some sort, <laughs> by some sort of bloodline. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not Italian yeah. at all. And it's like, what are you supposed to do? Be like, like, for like, those people are already busy kind of being like, oh, I'm Italian. Like, I'm beating my chest like Forza Azuri or, or whatever, you know? Um. And it's like the next generation. Like, what are they supposed to do? Be like, I'm an Italian Canadian. Like, is it really like? Yeah, is it really something really that you same. can like cling on to. Yeah, and I think a lot of the uh, the surrounding areas of Toronto tie their identity directly to Toronto and the downtown core. I would say if we have like a cult, if we have a uh, a district, if I if I can say that a district that has its own identity or like the inklings of an identity, it is downtown Toronto. That's the only yeah. place. Is there any one place in downtown Toronto where you feel has the most identity? Cause I can think of two places, but I, I, I want to get your take on it first. I think there's a few places, but it's only because of like stereotyping and, and like really the worst of people there. See, Okay, so I, I won't, I won't, I won't make you put them on blast or anything. But, but for me, I think, um, for one, Parkdale is like extremely, like I know Parkdale's gotten a bad rap in the past because, like you know, there's been violence here and there or whatever. But in terms of like an actual feel, it's like one of the only places where I can go in the downtown core and I'm like, oh, this place is different than all the other places. Like this yeah. place is its own place. Like it's downtown, but it's it's really its own place. That and I guess this is probably happening because and it's sad, but it's I guess starting to become a little bit gentrified and like a lot of uh a lot of the stores that were in different locations before are starting to move there and it's probably because of rent and stuff and that is, you know, kind of helping it in a sense, um, economically I'm sure, but it feels like it is going to lose it. Like the feel that is there, it's going to lose eventually because like all these smaller businesses that are there right now are going to get kicked out is, is like uh down Spadina on, on Chinatown, like in China. Yeah. Yeah. Chinatown has its own feel. It, it's not like, I, I'm mad that it's not bigger because like, it really feels like you're not in Toronto for like, yeah, it's a totally different thing. Like it for, for the 950 meters or whatever it is. Like, yeah, <laughs> It's, it's its own place. And I mean, and I'm not saying, I'm not disrespecting any of those stores that are moving in there because like, 
I feel like it's the coolest place to set up shop. Like I, if, oh, if yeah. I was, if I was like, you know, starting up a store and, and going brick and mortar, there's no way, there's no way that I'm ever going to go pay Queen Street rent. Like, or like Ossington. Yeah. Like, and, no. And, so and definitely not Yorkville. So definitely like, not. So yeah, like, it's like, why not set up shop in, in Chinatown? Like it's, it's cool. It's like, obviously ethnically diverse and like, I don't know. It just it feels like that can kind of be. I think I think it kind of already is technically like our fashion district. I don't really. It's sort of. I mean, you're in good company there. You have Stussy there. Yeah. You have yeah. Uncle Otis there, right? Yeah, and and it's just like it feels like the right place to be, and to me, I'm just bummed out that we're not gonna have that feel for that long because you know, like, how long do you really give Chinatown being Chinatown the way it is right now? Like, I don't see. I don't see it having that feel for more than like 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, unless they really make an effort to keep it that way and maintain a lot of the buildings and like that. Hey, oh, Ed, okay. Ed's back. What's up? Okay. I oh. didn't stop recording. Sorry. I don't want to cut you guys off. Power outage at the condo. We're good. <laughs> we're back. No, we were talking about how there's only a few places in downtown Toronto that really has its own identity. One being Parkdale, that Mikey says. Another being um, Spadina Chinatown uh-huh. and surrounding area, like very closely surrounding area. And I think bikes for another reason, but like Yorkville has its own little village area that has yeah. an enclosed park. That gives it a little bit space away. In the same way that Chinatown has like very distinct boundaries, Yorkville has its very distinct boundaries as well i i agree with you on the yorkville thing i think the only issue with the yorkville like little village area is it still feels like it's like unless you're making like racks on racks like you're like you're reaching you know what i mean like you're reaching being out there like i i avoid going to places in york in yorkville all the time because i'm literally just like you know like am i really meant to be shopping here like it feels too exclusive for me but I do think that, and, and Ed, like, I, I want to get your opinion on this as well, but um, Chinatown, like, especially with all of the, you know, like, all these retailers moving in from, from other parts, um, do you feel like we're going to lose it? Like, like the feeling that we have around Chinatown, like, when you walk through Chinatown, you're like, oh, like, there's the market, like, there's the sewing depot, like, whatever, 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 and then, like, oh, here's Uncle Otis, like, here's Nomad, like, these are, like, cool stores, and this is a really cool area to be in. How long do you think that we have, in terms of a timeline, on that field before all those places are gone, and we're like, oh, this is just another part of Toronto now? So, I love you asked that, because I think we all are similar in age, where we we remember a time where Queen West was booming, And what I mean by that was Queen West, you know, as you start to venture out from from young and you go more um, to the West End, that's where you got Black Market. That's where you got So Hip It Hurts. That's where you got, you know, the I forgot the sneaker store below So Hip It Hurts. But, you know, that's where you got all these places. Yeah. Yeah. And like all those places, it's like, oh, like this is cool because you're going to find these little niche things. I took a trip down to uh, Queen Street before quarantine and, and everything, and I remember I saw that area of black market being overtaken by food places, like noodle shops. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, okay, we're starting to lose this. And I'm so glad you brought this up. Um, and as businesses are going to go more on the West End, 
because, you know, for, for many reasons. The Uncle Otis's of the world, and that's one of my favorite boutiques to walk to. Um, it's well curated, great product. I never buy anything. Right. <laughs> That's why they're gonna have to move. Shout Ed. out Uncle Otis. Send yeah. Ed some stuff, man. Just, just send Ed some stuff. He's Same been with in there too Nomad. many times. Exactly. Same with Nomad. Great stuff. I never buy anything. <laughs> That's why they're gonna have to move again. <laughs> hey, look, I'm not gonna drop like four four bills on some Stone Island. I really can't. You know what? I I don't know if you guys agree with this, but I think. And, and I don't want to get too far off topic of what we were talking about because I think it's a really good topic. But Nomad has my favorite retail space in the entire city of Toronto, hands down. Like, I don't know what it is about, like, going down the steps or whatever, but, like, mm-hmm. it feels like a, like a different world when you walk in there. Like, it's, it's, it's a fantastic retail space like i love it and i don't i don't know why i i you know what i mean because it's really like not to say that oh it's not different like obviously they have their own vibe and their own feel to it but mm-hmm. i don't know i i really i really i guess it might be like the underground thing it might be like one of those things where like i feel like when i'm walking downstairs and like i, I can't really see the street level anymore that's probably part of it but i really do love their retail space a lot like they they do an unbelievable job Here's my comment about Nomad. It's a great space, um, nice and minimal, but I think with the minimal, you run into being stale. And I think it, it for me, it, it's on that line of almost being stale, um, especially once you walk in, you just have a lot of these racks. Um, and then going through the selection, it, I, I'm, I'm not interested after like the, the second rack, right? Maybe because of the price point. But my shopping experience, I like going to shop lost and found. Those are the guys that have a really community vibe to it, and I love it. As well as Parks and Province, right? Um, have you heard of those guys? They're... I don't think I've ever been to Parks and Province. I haven't been there either. Uh, that is past Bathurst. Okay. I'll definitely, have, yeah. I'll definitely have to check them out, for sure. Parks and Province, um, a little more, uh, more menswear focused. Sort of like a, a Uncle uh, Uncle Otis, but they do a great job. Good selection. I, I'm gonna be honest; I've never bought from any other retailers. <laughs> but how long will it last? It's gonna last, I'd say, uh, another five to seven years, uh, and then we're gonna start to get a shift. They might be online boutiques, or they're gonna have to have such a small showroom, um, and you'll just go in there to 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 do fittings or like find products and then just buy the rest online. Oh no, like I, a Warby I, Parker approach. <clears throat> I didn't mean it like that. I, the oh. way I meant it was more like, because of the fact that, you know, like there's these higher, higher ticket retailers now in like Chinatown, like yeah. a, a big part of the feeling of Chinatown is that you have, you know, these traditionally like Chinese businesses around, like you got like the markets and, and stuff like that. Um, and that's what makes it like, as cool as it is like how long do you think it is before those businesses get driven out because of the fact that there's like higher ticket retailers and then you know somebody's gonna oh. like look at that and be like oh like time to put a I condo yeah um that scares me I've, it scares me yeah i mean a bit of the charm i like walking down kensington is all of the kind of jamaican stuff and the caribbean mm-hmm. store that's selling those uh interesting 
uh, wood, wood sculptures as well as like the the walk place by the by the corner. Yeah. Right. That that's the charm. But that maybe in in about ten years, you're gonna you might get more capsules of the world. You might get you know more kits of the world, trying to do cool pop ups. I don't know. Rest in peace, Cold Tea. I know, I know that. Uh, oh man. Now we're talking about Kensington. Rest in peace to Cold Tea. Honestly. I've I've been to their Queen East location as well, which I I thought was pretty cool. But rest in peace to Not Cold the Tea Kensington, man. Damn. Rest in peace to the <laughs> dumpling lady who was there dealing with all your nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great area. It's a good charm. But uh, if you compare it to, well, here's the thing though. Here's a parallel to think about New York. You know, by Canal Street and everything. It's still got that charm. Has no retailers though. Right, but you could say not because Mulberry is just like two minutes away, and that's where you have Rowing Blazers, Noah, and Emilion Dor. So, yeah. but to be totally fair, the thing that kind of has Canal Street keeping that you know that feel to it is like bootleggers are gonna bootleg forever. You know, <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's like bootleggers are always gonna bootleg. Like you're never gonna push these people out. Like they're always gonna be. There's always gonna be something for somebody to knock off. So that's that's part of like definitely the charm of, of Canal Street. It's just like, you know, like, for, like I, my biggest thing is, or, or like the, 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 the biggest focal point for Chinatown with me is that one market next to the, next to the like parking garage, the underground parking yeah. garage. That feels like the middle of Chinatown for me. I don't know if it is geographically or not, but that's what it feels like. And like, how long before Loblaws is like, oh, this is prime real estate. Like I like I I don't want to see a Loblaws in there. Like I I want people to be picking, like Fruits. oranges and cabbages and stuff outside. Yeah, like I. I don't actually. I think that marketplace style is going to be safe for a pretty long time, because that sort of style of grocery shopping is so ingrained in Chinese culture. That people are like will defend it vehemently, like even in like super metropolitan Asian cities, they still exist, right? That is true, yeah. Like in Hong Kong, you can find some real well-to-do ladies and like gentlemen dressed in the nines going to those street markets trying to get their fish. The reason I think I'm scared of that in Toronto is because like. In terms of the downtown core, at least, like, our land mass is nothing compared to, like, new... Like, you know what I mean? You see that stuff in, like, for example, like, New York. Like, that, that stuff's everywhere. Like, bodegas, yeah. they're everywhere. Yeah. Um, But we don't have, like, that much space. That's the biggest problem with Toronto. I would say, from my context, neither the, neither does uh, Hong Kong. Like, yeah. But, uh, like, I've never been to Hong Kong, but are, like, the units typically smaller, though? <laughs> like, is what it do you mean, like... Is, is it typically, like more units but like smaller smaller spaces like you know what i mean like in terms of like the storefronts or i'd say it depends on the street you can have really like small meat vendors and grocery vendors or you can have those that have been there for 30 40 years that take up that corner they got the corner yeah like that corner lot and i mean hong kong is dense like super dense yeah i think you, you should take a trip out there too great streetwear um, a lot of American influence, um, more so, yeah. especially the skate stuff. But um, yeah, if you were to go, you would really, you would understand and you'd feel it, right? Because beside the, the meat lady, it might be vegetables, might be fish, 
right? And they might have like a smaller stall or like they could have a bigger stall. So yeah, and then you walk like two minutes away and you can buy like Rick Owen dunks for ten million dollars. <laughs> yeah grocery mafia you know the grocery ladies the grocery ladies out here chopping up your fish wearing a rolex oh yeah that's that's facts anybody who heard me say grocery mafia on here don't steal that name that's my next brand idea don't ever use grocery mafia no i mean like i i I yeah trademark that right now yeah i gotta yeah i know i I, it sounded good i'm not gonna lie it sounds pretty good like i am not gonna i i just have a million ideas running through my head i've never said grocery mafia in my life but i (laughs) but until right now but this could be the start of of the next toronto thing we're just obsessed with fruits and vegetables you're gonna have (laughs) all the deli workers with aprons and like grocery mafia yeah, we're gonna have to do photo shoots in those uh, in those meat markets. <laughs> yeah, before before they got taken over by Rio Can or by La Plaza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that that that's a that is a big concern. But as Torontonians, we can we can also look at the East End as well because there's an Eastern Chinatown, and a lot of people don't remember that. Right? Yeah. They always think about the West End. It's still kind of grimy. I like the feel over there. Uh, but you'll see it in Leslieville. A lot of brands are starting, or like um, you know, uh, companies or or you know, uh, businesses are opening up in that in that area. And you could say the same thing that you can. I can imagine like a Noah over there at Leslieville, right? It's hip. It's cool. People are gonna want the experience of walking in and being in like a showroom of like a '90s polo or like you know something else like that. Yeah. Uh, but I think Jerry's has a point. As long as um, us Asians keep this and like fight for it, <laughs> it, it will be there. But that, to me, I'll turn the attention to the second generations or the first generations Canadian. By the way, I'm not. I was born in Hong Kong. But um, yeah, we have to do our part. We got to keep it alive. If we want them to, to thrive and we want that culture to stay, we got to do something about it. And we got to buy from those and not Whole Foods. And you all know, the other places, people. You know from. what? Like us, us Latinos got to take some tips from you guys, man. We're 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 fucking up in comparison to you guys. You guys are like <laughs> all defend my grocery stores. You're you're getting rid of my oranges over my dead body. And us Latinos are like, we had Toronto Latino for like I don't know how many years, and I'm pretty sure it's done. Like I've never oh. I've never seen the commercials on TLN again while my mom's watching novellas. So I think I think it's I think it's toast. <laughs> well, there's always it's always this truth in in any culture when you have you have like a cultural dish that you connect with for chinese for hong kong people it's like like barbecue pork and duck yeah. if that barbecue pork and duck stall doesn't have flies in there it's not good if it doesn't have fries flies flies oh flies like, like if it's not grimy and like you're it's questionable it's not good that for me i i guess i that i i've never noticed that for like any korean or like asian food or anything like that like i've never been like oh like it has to be like a dirty place but you know what it it is kind of true like my favorite my favorite chinese spots after the bar kind of dumps kind of dumps kind of dumps but it hits but it hits it hits that like legitimately those people are paying like 1750 a month in rent or something i don't know how and and then they're like oh here's the here's your full meal for $14 and I'm like 
uh, you should be charging me fourteen thousand because I'm hammered right now. Right. <laughs> there's, no, there's no reason that it should be this cheap. Like you do realize that you can take full advantage of me at this moment in time. I'll say this: one of my favorite taquerias is by Saint Clair and holy fuck, I forgot West End, but maybe Dufferin in that area. It's grimy. It's a family-owned uh, butcher store. Right, and they just happen to sell tacos and like you know all like just just as like a side business, and it's grimy in there. That's and amazing. I think the owner's like an ex uh, lucha libre. Really? Well, no. no, I gotta, I'll send you it gotta to you guys after. I'll send it to you. Amazing. I'm yeah, going cause, there because he has his ex wrestling photos like around, oh, and he's got my God. the uh, lucha libre masks. I would legitimately pay him an extra fifty dollars. <laughs> If you were to just like cook my tacos in the mask, I swear to God, I swear to God, that is, that is authentic Mexican experience right there. Yeah. If there's like, not a guy, for, if there's not a guy in your taqueria <laughs> with a lucha libre mask on, making you your barbacoa, then it's not Mexican. He has to yell at me when he's serving me too. He has no, to be angry. Be- He's gonna wrestle me, you know, put me through the top rope or something like that, and then serve me a, a taco. If he calls them beans and not frijoles, then it's an issue. Yeah. <laughs> it's an, <laughs> that issue. Is an issue. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> that that I is agree. an issue. That actually yeah. is an issue. Um, oh, I I did kind of want to bring this up because I know me me and Ed have definitely you know uh, spoken about it from time to time, and I guess this kind of you know, is in line with like the bootleg thing that, uh, that, you know, we were talking about earlier and it's, I guess it's not as hot of a topic as it was a few weeks ago, but I still think it's worth talking about Warren Lotus. Oof. Darius, go. (laughs) You know what, Darius? Sounds like you got a lot to say. I'm not even going to ask a question. I I don't have a lot to say. I think one, it's, I think it was somewhat cool that Jeff Staples, like, co-signed it. Like, that's sort of cool. That's like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Jeff Staples, blah, 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 pigeons. But then it's also like, man, you really thought Nike was going to let you do that? Like, (laughs) really? Like, come on. See, my stance on it is the complete opposite. I I think it's cool. I think the staple shit is so incredibly corny. Like, I I was so mad at Jeff Staple for that. And it wasn't because, like, I was trying to be, like, some Nike gatekeeper. Like, they don't pay me. They don't give a shit about me. Like, I haven't touched a pair of Nikes on release day in eight years. And I signed up for every single raffle. So I should be going, oh, yeah, <laughs> keep, yeah, keep going, Warren. Do your thing. Like, stick it to him. But I'm not. And, and and the reason why that I found it was corny was because, one, Nike gave Jeff Staples so much over the years. And okay. for him to turn around and be like, oh, they don't like me anymore. So I'm just going to, you know what I mean, destroy the legacy of this, of, the, of literally Some the most life. iconic dunk of all time. If either yeah. that or the Paris dunk, like they're neck and neck. Um, I found that to be corny, but here's what I don't find corny is Warren Lotus with the original colorway that he did with the Jason swoosh that that red and black when that shoe when that shoe he first previewed it the internet lost their collective shit and nobody was complaining 
Everybody was like, this is so cool. This is great. This and that and the other thing. The part where it became corny was when he started taking the Heineken colorway and throwing the Jason swoosh on it. He took the Stussy colorway and threw the Jason swoosh on it. And then I can't even remember. And, and then the staple colorway. And it's just the like, staple, yeah. also, he did it to himself. Like he, Yeah, like, that's when he got, that's when he got the attention. He did it to himself. Like if he, like, here's the thing is people think that this, that, Nike just like caught on to this after the staple thing. And, and that couldn't be any further from the truth. Like, they, they definitely saw what he was doing after the first one, after the Heineken. And then they probably saw the Stussy and were like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. And then you throw that pigeon on something. You, he set himself up to get sued. But he could have gotten away with so much more. And now it's at the point where he's trying to, you know, he has like that new other dunk that like doesn't have a swoosh on it or anything. I'm not even gonna lie. The first colorway of it was trash. There's actually some colorways of it where I'm like, I could kind of rock this. He but got slammed for that. He did get slammed for that, but it's just like it's crazy because nobody was slamming him for it at the beginning. The first one. Nobody slammed him for it. Everybody thought it was the coolest thing in the world, and like, so many of these people that are complaining are the same people that are buying. And this is not to diss any of these people, but the Fugazi ones. Um, I don't. I don't I got know. Thoughts on that. I can't remember what this guy's name is, but uh, on Instagram he's fake Gucci watch. He did um, this Jordan one ish looking silhouette with the and it, he called it like the prime ones, and it's like the Amazon like like the the arrow logo instead of the swoosh, and it's dope. Like everybody thinks that's dope. The thing is, nobody has an issue with anybody except him. Why does everybody have an issue with him? Bootleggers are gonna bootleg. It's it's the thing he's been doing for the last three years. Like I I don't. Why are people mad at him? But besides copying the colorways, why are people mad at him? I think people think he took it too far. Like when they, it became really cool to get mad at him because like I thought the Warren Lowe's like what's well, cool. Like I think it's a cool looking shoe. Until he kept bringing it out. Like imagine if the Fugazi Dunks or Fugazi ones they had like. Barons, Chicago's, Breads, Royals, like literally every like it wouldn't be great then. It, it and there's a reason why the Fugazi Dunks they they drop like very sporadically. It helps keep it off their tail. Here's my take. Um, this is overarching. This is not targeted to Warren or or the Dunks. Is for so long, both in watches and in sneakers. People have reviewed, this is a fake Jordan one, here is a, you know, here's a bootleg. Comment sections always say, if those guys just made their own silhouettes in their own shoes, that'd be fine because the quality is so similar. We've seen that in comments, at least I have, okay? A thousand times. Same with watches, right? This is a real Submariner, here's a fake Submariner. Comments say, wow, the polishing is not bad. The stainless steel does not look bad. If watchmakers in China would just stop making replicas and fakes and just made their own brand, maybe then it'd be okay because that pr- for that price point, you're getting a bang for a buck, right? So we've kind of cultured this, okay, if you, if you just make your own, you know, then it'll be okay. Then comes on the fashion side, it's the people that are like, hey, this is an iconic silhouette. I found the plug through Alibaba. 
I'm going to put a, and no offense to any of these designers, okay? I'm not trying to get heat um, <laughs> at all. You're but you're going to put like an, Empire, like an Empire State Building on the side? Like, I don't understand. I'm sorry. I'm someone from the industry, right? I don't get it. I don't get it. And it's so hyped. And there's another one with like some weird spiral thing, right? Again, not going to name drop, but it just doesn't make sense. If you were creative... Think of a silhouette where it pays homage, but is a different take on it. Okay, we see that in watches. My Tudor Black Bay 58, yes, there's a lineage there, but there is DNA from a past watch, but there's also a breath of fresh air that makes it entirely new. And I think if these, and I'm saying air quotes right now, designers are trying to pay homage to the one, right, the iconic silhouette, then work with it a little more. Try a little harder. All you're doing is basically the, the, the manufacturer says, here is what you can change, right? Here's the, here's the CAD file, here's the panel, go crazy. But that's all you're doing. That's like taking a blank and decorating it, right? I wanna see more. I wanna see you think about the sole, think about you know how you can rework the paneling, right? Where it's your thing, but however, you're paying some sort of homage to it. That's one take that I have. I think it's a very good take, and I think it's all very valid. Um, but while you were talking about that, I also thought of a few things. How yeah. much of the hate against Warren do you think is because of the fact that he's mass manufacturing? How much of the hate against Warren do you think is um, because of the fact that he didn't make... okay? I guess it's not the hate. Okay, the, the the best way to describe it. Because you said, okay, like, if you want to take a silhouette, like the one, do something with it, right? Pay homage, yeah. Yeah. With, with the dunks that he made, like, I I think that there's something, you know, pretty special about putting your logo in the soul. Like, I, I'm not saying that it was, like, some groundbreaking thing, but I'm just saying... Yeah. It wasn't the same shoe. And, and, but then people will go and, like, you know, buy one of these other, like, bootlegs. And nothing has been changed. Like, none, like nothing has changed except for the swoosh. So it's just like, does, does he deserve the hate as much as he gets it? Like, okay, even if he deserves some of it, like, do some of these other people not deserve it? Like, do they not okay. deserve the same level of criticism? Like, I think they he, do. He tried to he tried to go up against Nike and and that was a stupid move, but very stupid. But you know, like Nike hasn't come after anybody else. Like, is there not something cool? Is is it not cool to get sued by Nike? I think that is the most that is the coolest shit of all time. Like, if I if I was Warren Lotus and I got sued by Nike, I would frame the the cease and desist. That'd be the like. <laughs> I can't think of anything cooler than that. Like that. Like you got sued by Nike. <laughs> okay here's my thing with warren as it, this is my creator hat on it it's no longer the the business and, okay. and the apparel side the creative side of me is i loved it because it was disruptive it caused buzz and there was something you know a little rebellious about it like just just the action alone was like yeah i'm going to take these iconic silhouettes like the the iconic silhouette first right and iconic color and i'm going to change it second thing was oh y'all like that okay Let's, uh, what, what's hard to get in that world? Oh, the Heinekens? Oh, Jeff Staples, nice too. Great, great color blocking, great color combinations. Yeah, 
let's do it, right? He, he at that point, as a creative, like, how far can I push this? And artists, you know, some artists, especially in, in the conceptual areas, that's their job. They want, to, they want to know how far can I push it? There's an artist that sold cans of his poop, right? And no one ever opened it because they're like, oh, it's from this artist. It's going to be worth a lot. But some people did because they're just like, no way there's actual poop in it. And they wanted to discover it. But that's just a testament of, as an artist, you're just trying to see what you can get away with. At least I, I am from an art standpoint. I, I don't want to diminish Andy Warhol at all. That's, that's what I'm going to preface this. Because <laughs> Andy Warhol is like one of my favorite artists of all time. Like the man unbelievable like like the the way he revolutionized like screen printing and and pop art and like or not pop art but and polar uh, yeah, I, I guess it is like kind of like pop art but it is like pop art yeah yeah but um just the way he was able to do all that and you know yeah. kind of did it by bootlegging like he he took the dove logo and he took the campbell soup cans and you know like he took marilyn monroe these still yeah exactly like these stills of marilyn monroe and like elvis presley and stuff and like he did it are we at a point where that has been done enough that we can't give somebody credit for that anymore i'm not saying warren lotus specifically like like whatever but i'm just saying if somebody does it the right way are we past the point of giving people credit for that so from an art standpoint, the re only reason why he was able to get away with it was just through justification. He just wrote a, such a great artist statement that curators are like, amazing, this is, you know, it's so far removed or you've completely changed the meaning because Marilyn Monroe is known as blah, blah, blah. And since you split her up and you've changed her tones, you've turned her from this into that revolutionary. Okay. <laughs> With with <laughs> with all these shoes and and maybe the Warren thing is, I think there was he just did it because hey, it looks good. I'm gonna get buzz. I'm gonna you know get some clout from this, and that's why I'm gonna do it. That's why he's taking heat. That's what I think. But also you, I was it you that that um, talked to me about it was uh, uh, Buscemi, right? Yeah. Was it Joe? Yeah. He he was handled a different way. He was handled a different way, but I think it's because it wasn't so blatant. Like, okay. when, you, when you look at the way that Buscemi did it, um, he, like, he, I can't remember what the, what the brand was called. But so like, Buscemi he, was like, peace signs, look at what I did. Warren is like, middle finger, up to, up to the gods. Exactly. Up to yeah. the gods. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, but also the product was, like, so different. Because, like, yes, it was... It was elevated. Yeah, like it was it was elevated. Like he, he went and he said, Alright, like how can I make this look more like a like a almost like a crep boot? Like how can I make it mm -hmm. look like a like something that you would see at like uh Saks or Barnes or whatever? Yeah. Like yeah. how how can I make this look like that? And and yeah, he he got dinged for it, but they were basically like, Alright, like what's done is done, you're good, like we're not gonna come yeah. after you anymore. He's he stopped right away, I believe, right? Yeah, he like, yeah. He was like I don't want oh. no smoke. <laughs> you don't yeah. want you don't want none of that Nike smoke. Yeah, he was literally like, I I'm I'm good on this. But I think I think with Warren and I've been following him for over two years now. I first followed him in twenty eighteen when he had like sixty K followers. 
Wasn't he known for jeans and denim? He was known for like flannels that? and jeans and every and like recreating stuff like that. It was see like the fun. Oh, was no, like Proto Greg Lauren, is what it was. Really? The, see, the was, funny part is, I I must have gotten onto him after that because I yeah. never saw him put out pants like that weren't like sweats or joggers or something like that. Um, like I never really saw him put out flannels, but I remember when I first got onto him, he was like just beginning, I guess, to do like all the sports bootlegs. So like, you know, like Houston Rockets with the flaming skull and the jet pack or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like all that stuff. Like I was just like, oh wow. Like he can actually get sued by the whole league and he just doesn't care. Like this guy doesn't care. And he would go on his story. And this is part of, I think what gave him such a cult following in the first place was he would go on a story and be like, yeah, fellas got a milk. And that was essentially just him saying, I'm going to steal everybody's ideas. Like, I don't care. And I and I swear to God, it, it could not have been more than six months ago. He posted something on his story where he said, where uh, he put me, um, me taking, insp- or me becoming inspired. And it was like, him, it was like a stock photo of like a robber in like a black and white, <laughs> like a black and white shirt and like a money bag. And then like, he's like, and I'm going to keep on taking inspiration from here and there and everywhere. And he literally doesn't care. And at a certain point, like I, I do respect him as a creator because I've seen him create stuff that is truly unique. But... It it does kind of leave a bad taste in my mouth when I'm like, okay, if you're a creator, you have to realize that these other people are busting their ass to create stuff too, and you're just going, I don't give a shit. And 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 at a certain point, like maybe that's why people turned on him because everybody loved him. Everybody loved him up until four months ago. Well, I also think that the customer service wasn't good after the cease and desist, and like, here's your replacement shoe, <laughs> right? And then it's just kind of like, what? And I'm going to give you like some compliment. Was it a t-shirt or, or something like that to to remember the moment? That yeah, I, got the I think it was like a lawsuit t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, from that point, I think people were just like, bro, I wanted the Heinekens. I'm not going to pay for the Nikes. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then it just got to that point. It's just like, people are like, okay, you know what? F- screw this. I'm going to, you know, I just want my money back. You just give me my money back kind of thing. Yeah. But he, as as a as a creator, has already placed his deposit, right, or his bulk order, right, with the manufacturer. So he's at for him financially, he, his cash flow is tied up, and he's like, I need to make these shoes, and I need your money to help fund this. You know, I I think uh, Dave Grootman might have to bail him out, man. <laughs> I know, I know, I know he's homies with him now, so. Yeah, he might he might have to sell a little chunk of the club off for for his buddy Warren. <laughs> so. Yeah, seriously. Ultimately, so that's, he uh, flew too close to the sun. Was what he did. Way too close. And then he taunted the sun. <laughs> yeah, that was a little stupid. Okay, that's... You're, like, You're radioactive. Whatever. <laughs> I got microwaves. Same <laughs> shit. Different toilet. You know. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what I got to say about Warren. Um, I like the disruption, but I think it got to a point where it's just like, okay, enough is enough. I uh, I have another topic that I was actually thinking of earlier today. I don't, I don't now, know. Now you know why I can't get it off my head. What, Imagine what? if Eminem dropped that that Jason Dunk as an Eminem shoe. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Yo, Slim. Hit my line. <laughs> Jeez. Because he has I, actual Nike cred, too. You know, I... I have an issue with Nike stock numbers. I don't like how they will... Okay, well, first off, no, I do... On, on a regular release basis, I have a gigantic issue with their stock numbers. I, you know, am in some circles where I'm able to see how much stock certain retailers are getting. And, for example, for the Jordan ones that dropped last weekend, the stock on Foot Locker Canada. Was it the Tokyos? Uh, yeah, like the JP... Yeah, um, yeah, like the the, navy the, the metallic swoosh with like the yeah, midnight navy. Yeah, yeah. The stock numbers for Canada were pathetic. Like I'm talking, like for the whole country. Yeah, hundreds of pairs. Like, no. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. believe it. I believe I'll send it. you. I I don't I don't want to say you know like I don't want Foot Locker to blow up my spot or anything like I whatever, but like I'll send you the stock list after you're gonna lose your mind. Like, you yeah. will not believe how few pairs there were. And and now I understand why I don't touch on release day. Like, I, I fully understand why I never tell, I never tell, I don't get to tell pairs. Because, like, don't. it's wild. It, it, like, it, I'm, hundreds is an overstatement. Wow. Yeah. I But this is what I heard from, from someone is that it's because when it comes to Nike, we have to share inventory with Amsterdam. Is that we what? don't share inventory if we don't share inventory with like Nike USA and the DCs, we share inventory from Amsterdam. And I can kind of confirm because I've bought a few things from Nike.com. It always comes from Amsterdam. I don't know if it's because we have a free trade deal with them where I don't get hit with duties, or something like that. But a lot of inventory, whether GR or or anything like that will come from Amsterdam. It's not like the Nike Canada in Scarborough is holding it sometimes. That's or it's a- Nike Amsterdam shipping over to Nike Canada. Here's your inventory. Go disperse. It's it's kind of wild that like I'm at this point where as a sneaker collector, I'm going, hey, you know what? I might just like use a VPN and order to like, you know, an address in the States and then get them shipped to me. Because like I... I I really cannot say the stock number, but like when you see these stock numbers, your jaw's gonna hit the floor. You're you wow. will not believe the stock numbers. It's it was it was one of the saddest moments of my life. Like I, oh, Can- I Canada gets shafted with a lot of stock numbers. Even in the luxury world, I see some of the stock numbers, and it's like you're joking. And like it'll be like a skew, and it'll be like single digits for the Canada. I'm like, how? And again, I'm not I'm not blaming any of these retailers. Like I'm not I'm not going like oh like Foot Locker champs or whatever like oh this is your fault because it's not like it's whatever Nike ends up giving them. But it's whatever the the distributor says. Yeah, they can't. They but, have no control. But I can sure as hell point a finger at Nike. Like without a doubt in my mind, I can point a finger at Nike. And I mean like, guys, I still want to work in Beaverton. Like please, like. The- <laughs> Mikey just wants that cease and desist letter to frame, and then he wants to come work for and you. And then I want to come work for you. <laughs> uh, no, I would. No, here's the thing: is like I myself grocery uh, mafia ones, grocery mafia green. ones. Um, no, but uh, I myself piss yellow. as a as a <laughs> the piss yellow grocery mafia ones. It's beautiful. Um, 
but no, like I myself as a as a creative, like I you know when I'm out here like making stuff, I always am making bootlegs because it's just kind of what I like, and uh, they're kind of you know angsty, but 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 I I feel like. You know, when I do eventually put stuff out, like, people will appreciate it. Stuff coming soon. I'm not going to plug myself or anything, but someday. But um, the biggest thing is with with bootlegs, I'll go, I'll go after a lot of companies. The one company I'm never, ever, ever going to fuck with <laughs> is Nike. <laughs> like ever i would ra- i would rather have like walt disney his cryogenic oh. head coming after me i, than, I don't think than, you want oh. that either. No, i don't with nike no i don't oh. want that smoke i don't want that disney smoke either <laughs> yeah that disney smoke is something i'm not touching look you can come up with like a club c ripoff and i think uh you know reebok's gonna be okay with it <laughs> but yo i <laughs> nike I do not or disney no I do not well, endorse get- ripping off Reebok, Bach Boys, Bachtober, <laughs> all that. I li- I literally, I love Reebok. I love Reebok. They no, actually have one of my favorite them. sneakers of the entire year. I, uh, the 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 which uh, ones? The Reeboks. Pleasures or the Packers? N- no, 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 no. It's, it's it was it wasn't a collab. Well, I guess it is a collab with uh, I believe Evan Bell Forty, but uh, it's like the. The Road Premier Modern Trail or something like that. It's it's kind of got like a translucent uh, parts of the upper. It's like one of the coolest sneakers I've seen all year. But it just sells out so damn quick, like every time. Uh, Two things. One, I thought you were gonna say Eric Emanuel. Second, I thought you were gonna say Jound. So I'm kind of glad you didn't say those two. Yeah, I'll be honest. Yeah, as long as you didn't call it out, it's good. Yeah. No, I uh, <laughs> I. No disrespect to Jound. Jound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it kind of like a every single time I I see their handle or uh, or like just their name at the all? Branding. I always think of I don't know if you guys remember like the Yu Gi Oh intro, but it's like it's time. Oh to yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> like it's like that's that's what I think of every single time I see Jound. Um, that's funny. But also, you know what? I mess with Eric Emanuel. I'm not, I'm not even gonna lie. Nope. Like it's that's probably my number two in terms of in terms of like Reebok this year. It's not my number two sneaker this year, but I really wish that we saw more more stock in the, in the questions. I feel like the mm-hmm. question is the best Reebok sneaker ever created. Um, I don't think it's anywhere even close, and I don't understand why, especially with all. It, Something that blows my mind is when I watch the NBA, especially when I was watching the bubble, I feel like I, I was like looking at sneakers a lot. The amount of guys that wear the question to this day, like, is the Hexalite in the in the sole that good? Like, is it really better than the stuff that like, you know what I mean? Like Nike and Adidas and all these companies are putting out? Like, that's crazy. It is. It, you got to thank, uh, you got to thank Stephen Smith for that. Yeah, Stephen Smith, come on the pod. I mean, we we are trying to get it. Um, we we have DM'd, we have DM'd talking about watches though, you know. And so if we can get Stephen Smith on the podcast, that'd be super dope. That would be like the coolest pod guest of all time. I mean, like I think, I think like I'm probably the worst. I'm probably like I'm <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. This is a good <laughs> but, energy. But no, Stephen Stephen Smith, man. I um, 
I recently caught his episode of Soul Collector. Uh, no, no, it was uh, I. I didn't want to say I, I wasn't sure if I should say the name or not, but uh, full size so. run. Uh, did, oh yeah, he did a full size run episode, and he just seems like the absolute coolest guy in terms of just like being like. I'm not talking. Okay, so I know I said John Mayer's the coolest guy, but like mm. when I say that Stephen Smith's the coolest guy, I, say, I mean it in a different way. Like John Mayer's cool because oh, he's like yeah. John Mayer, but like Stephen yeah. Smith, it's like low key. When I'm his age, he's, he's I, an ex punk rocker, yeah. you know. So he's got the rebellion in him. Yeah. When when I am as old as Stephen Smith, I hope I'm like Stephen Smith because he's like such a cool dude. It's like when you grow up, you want to grow up to be Stephen Smith. Yeah. Exactly. That's who. That's what I want to be when I grow up, Stephen Smith. Heck yeah. <laughs> the the fact that in that episode that that you mentioned, he said he used to just blast his music, and then people in the office would be like, um, Stephen, could you could you turn could that you know down? That? <laughs> yeah, it's like what? Like, and he's just serious? like, what? We're here innovating. Like we gotta push boundaries. <laughs> yeah. I I also I can't remember what he was talking about when he said something about uh, how he. Like, didn't see a penny of the sales for... It was, like, a sneaker or something. I can't, it was, like, an idea that he had that, like, they... That the company then went and just ran with. But he doesn't see, like, any royalties on it at all. I can't remember what it was. Was it the Spirit On? It might have been, like, the Spirit On or something like that. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but it was just, like... He's like, yeah, like, I sure as hell wish I was getting royalty checks for this because, like, I should be. <laughs> I mean, he he deserves a lot of credit, um, especially with the Yeezy things. And you see a lot of his design cues being implemented onto new Yeezy shoes. So, yeah. I, and then uh, by extension, the rest of the Adidas line. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Do you, do you guys think that the Yeezy hype will never get back to the the 350 the prime hype. yeah the prime do you what's think the prime ever, do you think it can ever get back to that i think i think prime like absolute prime 2012 2010 no i it's think it's after dog? that no i think it's after that i actually think it's after that it's the first it's... the first v2 drop the belugas the, no 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 when they did um Oh no, the beluga was the first V two, right? That's the belugas. That's the beluga with the curved to yeah, everything yeah, yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, that was straight. the first V two. Or, or I, the curved uh, stripe, everything is straight. I think I think the part where like the market really wanted to jump in on it and like everybody just started losing their minds was um, when they did the three colorways: the black with the gold swoosh, the black with the olive swoosh, and the black with the with the solar red swoosh. Or swoosh! Oh my god, the, the no, stripe. Right. It's uh, olive, <laughs> olive, bronze, and red. The Black Friday release. Yeah, the, blue, the Black the Friday release. I, in my opinion, it was the sky high primo Yeezy hype. Yeah. And I, I and know they, they didn't sell for as much as like the Turtle Doves and stuff, but it was just like the the way people wanted that sneaker. Oh my god! Oh, that was me. I that was that's when I got my breads, and I was like, oh my god, I love the breads. I remember I went. I was in Waterloo um, for school at the time still. And I deadass drove all the way to Toronto and stood in line Damn. all day with my friends to like sign up for raffles. And I, of course, I didn't win because I don't touch <laughs> sneakers on release day. <laughs> but let me tell you something. And, and you guys can give me your, your take on this. I have always been one of those people that has bashed the resellers. I've always been okay. like, oh, 
fuck these guys, selling the sneaker for blah, 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 like $1,000, whatever. Mm-hmm. But recently, I found myself joining a cook group. And Oof. oh, one of those paid ones. Yeah, one of those paid ones. We're co- and we're cooking, we're cooking. They like, I mean, I'm I'm covering my membership. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but um, now now that I really think about it, I go, I can't be mad at these guys because like a lot of these guys like like the sneaker just as much as me. They just like want to be able to pay for the sneaker, and like. Sure, is it kind of shitty when they get four, five, six, seven, eight pairs? Like, yeah, but at the same time, I'm way more pissed being in one of these groups now. I'm way and seeing like the amount of effort that these guys actually put into getting the shoe. Like, everybody thinks that if you have a bot, it's just like click. I got oh, no. fifteen pairs. It's not. It's not at all. It that these guys grind. Like they actually grind to touch pairs, and on top of that, the bot is. An investment, like I don't know if you know what bot prices are like, mm-hmm. but they're ridiculous. Like if you if you look at the top bots on the market, like I'll I'll send you guys screenshots after this, of like of just like the bot prices. Yeah, it's it's ludicrous. So like I get these guys wanting to get four, five, six, seven, eight, ten pairs or whatever. Um, For sure. But being in one of these groups and seeing the effort that these guys put in, it's like I'm way more pissed at the re- at the retailer and the distributors now. Like it's just like. If you don't want if you don't want guys doing this and you want real sneakerheads to get their hands on sneakers, don't make thirty thousand pairs for the whole world. Don't make sixty thousand pairs. Like if you really care about getting the sneakers into people's hands, don't do that. Like I, I, I can't hate on these guys anymore. Like I really thought it was their fault. And and the more that I'm that I'm around these guys and talking to them, I'm like, Yeah, like they might be exploiting the system, but I mean, they're being enabled by the retailer. They're being enabled by the mm-hmm. distributor. Mm-hmm. You know? That's why so I apply let, easy so much. That's yeah, why I apply let me easy kind of, so much. Let me kind of wrap up the thought. So in terms of Yeezys, um, I hate seeing 350s around, like the V2s and the V3s. Can't I'm them. sick of them. Um, every Everyone I go to at an Asian grocery store called um, TNT always has them, and they wear them like slippers, and that pisses me off. I almost wanted to create a TikTok account just going up to them and be like, what are you doing, fam? Like, <laughs> yeah. why are you wearing them as slippers? You should do right? it. Right? That's the most Toronto thing ever, to, to go up to them like, yo, what are you saying? <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry. And a little bit of the, uh, little bit of the Toronto man just came out. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm sick of them. However... I respect the 700s in all seven var- in all three variants. I think there's three versions of the, the best right? easy. And uh, I also respect the 500. Do you respect the 380? Uh, I had a pair and I sold it, so that that shows you how much I care about it. Damn, you know yeah. I'm surprised because everybody that I know has got that has gotten them has towed them because the resale value is like non-existent somehow. Um, and everybody that I know says they're the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn. They're comfortable. Um, it's not... doesn't really work my style. I'll, I'll yeah, say. all right. That's fair. Yeah. But the I 700 think... V, V3s are nice. I think the V3s, right? What do you think the... Oh, well, finish your point about the, uh, the, the resellers. And yeah. I think, so... I think 350s, 350 V2, 
is the perfect solution to Yeezy resale. It was the perfect solution. It was. Agreed. That point. And, and, I, and why, I respect Kanye for that. Yeah. Kanye and that's why is, I Kanye love is so shoe. real for that. Kanye is so real for saying everybody is going to touch Yeezys and then letting everybody touch Yeezys. Because he could have yeah. 100% just milked the 350 hype for another two, three, four, five years. Like, he could have done it. And he did it. He was literally like, let's put out a million colorways. Yeah. And that was yeah. day one. Day one since uh, Nike Air Yeezy won. He wanted everyone to have Yeezys. Yeah. Yeah, I I respect Kanye to the fullest for yeah. that. But that's why I love I can I can understand like not liking the three fifty V two and three fifty V one silhouette, but I love the shoe. I, I think I'm just regards. I'm just over like knit uppers in general. Like I never want to see another knit upper in my entire life. Like Look, I, I have, like, one of the most comfortable pairs of shoes that I own. I have, like, the, the Vapor Max Utility, like, the mid with the, like, the... The zipper thing? Not the It's not a zipper. It's, like, a... It's just, like, the... the it's not, like, actual laces. It's, like, it's it just comes with, like... Yeah, a, I have a, like a, I have a pair up there, the black pair. The black pair yeah, that I found from the uh, Nike and Play Store. Yeah. I love those. They're They're great shoes. But, like, will I ever buy another pair of knit sneakers? No. It's like, can we stop making knit sneakers that aren't performance-based? Like, stop it. Just stop doing it. Like, I've had enough. I've had enough. Please. It's like... I can tell. Seeing a knit sneaker for me is like... Okay, remember... Uh, I would say maybe, like... Like the, the, the thousands, like the zero zeros, I don't even know how to like refer to that as like a time period, but the two thousands, like it, it doesn't okay. sound right, but well, you get what I mean. The zero zeros, <laughs> when everybody was like shopping at West 49 and buying like Etnies and Osiris, like all these really ugly ass skateboarding sneakers. Supras. Su- oh my God. I, ha- like, I still have my pair of Creative Rex over there from those days, yeah, bro. That was, that was a bold admission. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't wear them, do you? No, I don't. I don't. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. Thank God. But just like, remember, like, you know, by the time that those like faded out, you were like, I never want to see another skateboarding sneaker in my life. Like, I never want to see another one. And that's how I feel about knit. Like, I never want to see it. Like, stop it with the prime knit. Stop it with whatever the fly knit, whatever the hell Nike's thing is called. Unless it's on a performance sneaker, in which case, okay, fine. If you're going to run in it, go run in it. But, like, just stop making, like, this is not aesthetic anymore. Like, it's, it's not aesthetic anymore. I think, I think you're getting older because if you were 15 or, or even 12, you'd be all over that. You think so? I, I love my leather, my leather uh, runners and I love my wallabies as well. Like, that's always been kind of... I, I was repping Clarks in like grade eleven, like desert boot, desert boots, and people were like, "What the hell are you wearing?" Damn. So, I think uh, I think it's an age thing that you're just like, "Fuck all this," like you know, knit uppers. I'm just starting to get on the Wallies now. Yeah, man, I'm I on feel- the other side of the spectrum. I love my knit <laughs> uppers because I can wear it as a sock and just leave. No <laughs> laces, just, none of that. I just hate. I hate the. F- feel of it against my like i've noticed that my feet get so itchy in these knit uppers i sound like an old man yeah i sound so old anyway one last thing i want you to finish the 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 thing okay one last thing before i end off the easy thing is thoughts on the foam runner darius go first 
the foam runner? Which one's the foam runner? The slide. Oh, the, the slide, the slide, the slide, the easy With slide. With the holes in it, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think those are so sick. I'd rock them. They're crack. Oh, I think they're so, those they're so are, dope. Ooh, crack. Ooh. Those are crack. I, Kanye, if you're listening to this, which you're probably not, please, no. <laughs> please send me a pair of the foam runners. I'll wear them religiously. I'll wear them in the snow. I'll wear them in the sand. Y'all wear them I, in the snow. <laughs> I'll wear them in the snow. I'll just, I'll like quadruple sock myself or something and just like wear them in the snow. Like, yo, they're so hard. And and it's, I, I don't know. You know what? Okay. I'll say Kanye did, has done an unbelievable job of getting ahead of the market on on slides and like. And the croc thing. And, Sorry, and the, it, it's the, the croc. Thing. That's what that's the one I'm talking about, not the slide. My apologies. Yeah, yeah, apologies. yeah. Like the like the croc thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's done an unbelievable job of that. Especially when you look at like how Sweet Coke has has really Oh yeah. Like blown, blown up. up. Um and like people want slides that and I said this to Ed over over DM like a few weeks ago. It was like I never wanted a pair of Sweet Coke because I thought they were really stupid. I thought they were super ugly. I thought they were the dumbest thing ever. And I couldn't justify spending the money. And then I left, you know, Laurier and I was like, oh, I want a pair of slides that make me look like I'm not living in student housing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's where the Sweet Coke's come in for me. It's like I don't have a pair as of yet, but I mean like I'm 100% like when it gets warm out, I'm going to buy a pair. No, without a doubt. SN sales going on right now, just saying. I, I saw that this morning, but I, I resisted it. I said I'm not going to look. Good, good, good. You good, know good. what slides I wear? I just wear Adelite slides. Is it the Boost ones? I heard those are really comfortable. No, nah, man. It's the only foam only do you have the, the the foot massage one i call that nah, the asian man. bear yo i got, I got so these ones comfortable boom the, the, the with the with the oh okay all right, all right they don't have like the spikes in them no no spikes i have no idea how people find those comfortable like they're the most yo, uncomfortable slides you find them comfortable yeah i like that dude stuff. it's like but acupuncture for your boy. feet i'm a burke boy 24 hours a day i'm a burke boy i'm a birkenstock boy since like 2010 but burks are comfortable though Bricks yeah. are comfortable. When they form to your foot, that shit is super comfortable. But like yeah. those those Addy those those Adidas slides with the with a little like plastic pellets. Oh my god. By the way, oh, for those uh, listening, we're getting a really good shot of uh, Darius's wrist of his uh oh. Pandadial <laughs> AP yeah. Pandadial AP. Yeah, he's he's definitely he's definitely flexing the wrist right now, as you can see. Boom, I got boom, boom. He's got skin. I got, I got the ALD uh, cuffs, you know. You know, you know what? I, I said this to Ed uh, yesterday or two days ago. You guys, uh, like the ALD type ribbon, best ribbon in the world. I don't care what anybody says. I will literally, Oof. I'll fight somebody. It, it could be Andre the Giant telling me otherwise. I'll, I'll swing at him. I don't care. He's going to pull the, up. That is the best ribbon in the world. Like, I... I, I wish I had more of those ALD hoodies because of that reason. Like, I, that Amazing. long cuff. It's the long cuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. You know what's really nice as well? Me wrapping up my thoughts on reselling. Yeah, you so, should do that. <laughs> the whole game. Um, have I... I feel like I'm on, like, full-size run, which I'm not. Have I ever resold sneakers? Uh, not brand new. They've always been used, and then I just sell them for, you know, less than uh, retail. Okay. 
Um, and then, but I will say I've sold uh, clothes. So knowing that something, you know, is hot, picking it up and flipping it, I've done it before, right? Uh, so I can't hate the resale game. I think that there's just levels to the sneaker kind of hobby. One thing is you love your you, you love your shit and you're going to wear it. Same as what I'm going to do with the Mocha Ones, right? I'm just going to wear it. I'm going to watch that shit age because I, I like that aesthetic as well, right? I like seeing things age and patina. I'm going to pick up the Fire Red 4s and I'm going to do the same thing. Hopefully, I'll pick up the Fire Red 4s. Um, and so I can't hate on it because it, within everything, there's going to be a business. We've talked about it um, on an earlier podcast. Is my dad used to hire people to line up outside of swatch uh, launches, and then he'd you know he'd pay those guys, and then he'd flip the swatches. Right? It that's just like a nature of the game. You, you could be a fan and you could buy some for yourself, but if you're an entrepreneur, you're gonna always find some way to at least make a dollar. Right, so I can't hate on them. Bots, yeah, they make it hard for me because I couldn't cop the turduckins. Uh, but funny enough, the turduckins I was going to flip. That was the one shoe that I'm just like, you know, if yeah. I can get it, I think I'd flip them. Because <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear that shit, right? Like, but me, you know, I, the bots got to it. I didn't even go for those, but like, man, I wish I did because I would have, I would have towed the hell out of those. I actually would have oh, destroyed yeah. those. Like that Do was a skate? great shoe. Um, I, mm. I'm more longboard than I do like skateboard. Oh, I'm a longboarder too. I'm a, I'm a very big longboard proponent. Um, yeah. shout out to I, I can like kind of skate, but like not really like I, you know what I mean? It's when I'm, when I'm on it's a skateboard, so it's more like I'm cruising. It's more like I'm cruising than I am like doing tricks or anything. Doing I'm not tricks, that good. Yeah. But I, there is a part of me and this is so funny that at 24, I'm like taking the stance, but like, I really want to like get good at skating. <laughs> like I probably should have gotten good at skating when I was like 15 or something do you but, feel like you owe it to the culture is that why or what I feel like if I'm gonna wear like SBs and stuff then yes I, I have to at least like you know what I mean like have like a decent kickflip or like you know something like that like I nice. you know like I, I hate I hate watching these people that you know are going and getting like all these SBs and like have never stepped like they can't even keep their balance on a on a skateboard or like a <laughs> longboard or something you know like that yeah like, I'm, like again like i'm not saying i'm not saying you gotta be tony hawk like but but you know just like at least know how to kick and push you know <laughs> yeah kick and push maybe do a switch here one of my favorite uh shoes to skate in is actually or longboard in i should say is actually a jordan six those are really comfortable to skate in okay jordan six um, and this kind of comes back to like our bootlegging thing from earlier. Um, I don't know how to say the brand name, I don't think. So if I butcher this, then I guess I'm an idiot. But uh, Yucatan, is it, is it Yucatan? They make like the boots. I know they used to have them at, um, I'm pretty sure they used to have them at Lost and Found. I don't think they carry them anymore. Oh, I know what you're talking about with the, with the ridge soles and because they, they, they used to have ridge sole Yucatans. I, I think they might have one with a ridge sole, but they had this one boot. And... It kind of looks like it. I mean, it does look like a Jordan Six. It looks like a mm. Jordan Six with the pull tab at the back and everything. And like, yeah. obviously, it doesn't look exactly the same. But I mean, uh, that that always kind of got to me because of the John Buscemi thing, where like I just kind of okay. went, I kind of went, oh, like um, they didn't let John Buscemi do this stuff, but then they let like this boot company do it. Like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. They I, let you know what? What this this just sparked. My memory. 
They let Hender Scheme do this stuff. Word. With the four. It's identical. That is a really good point. I completely forgot. And the Hender Scheme superstars. Hender Scheme Margellas. Yeah. Hender Scheme Air Force Ones. How do they get away with that? Oh, this brand. Yeah, the, the fours. Damn. I used to have a pair. They're not comfortable at all. Do not buy them to wear, but... Like, I can't find the one that's the six. Do you like, think they bought, like, that, um... That's a Jordan 1, like a license? That's a Jordan 1. Like, there's the uh, the Jordan 11, the the Futures. Or, you know you know which one I'm talking? Yeah. Not the Futures, yeah. but, like, the the Jordan 11 low, where, where it kind of has, like, that ridging in the... Yeah, yeah. Jordan Robert? 11 GRs. Something <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, Hender Scheme, because that's, like... That just is a Jordan 4. Great point. Do they I mean, mass-produce those, though? Or are they, like, made by hand? Like Those are made by hand. They're not mass-produced. I think that's, that's probably why they get away with it. See, but, this brings up an interesting thing, because in the art world, there's always been what's an original, what's a replica, what's a bootleg, what's a fake. Like, they've distilled it down in art, and I feel like that's happening in sneakers. Where people are trying to find out, well, it's not a rep, it's a fake. But it's like, it's not a fake, it's like, you know, they're just like breaking it down so much that the general audience is just like, it doesn't matter. It's it's not the four, so it's not the four. So it makes it fake kind of thing. I don't know. Do you guys, do you, what, you you know, to that point, um, when customizers first started customizing, Mm -hmm. people were saying that they were making fakes. Like when customizers oh first started God. customizing, like I don't like way back when when people really started like the customization game, people were like, Oh, it's a fake. Oh, that's a fake. It's like, no, it's a real shoe. What are you talking about? It's like, no, it's a fake because it's not a real colorway. It's like, no, but I mean like I you know, like I I just colored it, like I painted it. It's like, yeah, but it's fake now. It's like, is it fake? It's it's the real shoe. You know so what's I, the corniest thing? What? People cutting up like monogram fabric and just putting on Air Force Ones. Oh my god. Okay, so that that's a good point because uh, I I don't really mesh mesh with that either, because some sometimes the um, the fabric they source for the swoosh um, is not even Louis Vuitton. It's not even Gucci. It's like an actual rip off, like yeah, kind of fabric, right, of the canvas, and they're just putting it on. I I don't like that. I I agree. Uh, people that paint the Burberry tartan on there too. I don't know if it's tartan or plaid. I can't distinguish it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not official Burberry. If it was official Burberry... Or like Burberry... people literally painting on monograms. Oh my god. Yeah. Like the Louis Vuitton ones. I've yeah. seen them on Instagram a lot. I don't <laughs> mind like people taking the, um, the Air Force One, finding like a dunk, right, that they really like. Like Kentucky or, you know, any of those. And doing that to an Air Force One. I'm okay with that. Do you guys think that monogram belongs on Nike shoes? I... I think that when I first saw the Dior ones, I was like, this is, I just gotta say. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and then like now I've seen them on Instagram six thousand three hundred and forty-five times. And I'm like <laughs> I'm like, I never want to see monogram on a Nike sneaker ever again. Like, stop doing it. Stop doing it. Like burn all the pairs of the Dior ones. Kim Jones, <laughs> I love you. I love you, Kim Jones. Like you are you like 
he he's one of my idols. Like I love Kim Jones to death. But like, please, God, don't ever do a Nike collab ever again. Please. Oh, he's gonna come out with those Fendi ones. Oh my god, no. I I no more monogram. No more monogram. No more. Like oh my god. I think Just, what it is, it's like it's such Especially when you're like, I'm gonna collaborate with a brand, big air quotes, or like do whatever customization with a brand, <laughs> big air quotes, and you just literally slap a monogram on like a design feature. Okay, that's pretty lazy, bro. Like when the B23s came out with like the Dior's all over the on over the Converse silhouette, sort of corny. I used to own a pair, but like still sort of corny. You know what the funniest part of you saying big air quotes is? Is that I know that you didn't mean it in the way that I took it. Like you were saying, like, oh, big air quotes, like, oh, like it's just like, oh, collabing, like, you know, but the way that it registered in my head, I guess, because we're on a fashion podcast, is I was like, oh, he's talking shit about Virgil Abloh right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Virgil Abloh. He has that, he has, he has that. 90 10 rule or something very similar to that yeah yeah it's it's it, you change like 20 percent and then three percent all you yeah, have to do is change something three percent for it to be original now and his favorite thing to say is duchamp is my lawyer and i'm like damn that is very convenient for somebody that is the artistic director at louis Vuitton. <laughs> like, that's very yeah. and and look I'm, I'm not i'm not knocking him or anything but you know there's been a lot of people that have come out against them and said, I did work with this guy. And then after that, we never worked again. And he took this, 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 this for me. And it's like, damn, like, I get it. Well, that sounds like, that sounds like OVO Records and Drake to me. The moment you said that. Because the structure over there from what I've heard is new artists come in, they show what's cool executives at OVO Sound will, you know, take a little here and like, hey, Drake, you, you might want to try this out. We, we, we see it, you know, pretty popular, you know, based on analytics, maybe, right? And then Drake's gonna, that's how he stayed relevant for so long, right? It's the same But thing. to be fair, to be fair, when yes. he does that, he always, or almost always, with the exception of... Features? Yeah, he always has, uh, has like, features that person. And okay. with with the or 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 features like on like a remix of whatever whatever, but or, or or I guess like he's done that essentially every time with the exception of uh, the Ram Riddle stuff the the sweeter man. Mm. Uh, I think that's thing. that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. That and um, look, Drake, I love you. Like I love you to death. Same here. You're one of my favorites. Like I I listen to your music religiously. Like. Uh, no, I'm not playing. I'm a I'm a huge Drake fan, but nobody will ever, ever be able to convince me that um, Hotline Bling was not a direct rip off of Cha Cha, or whatever it's called by Drum. I like the Cha Cha. Like the, there is no way that Hotline Bling was not that track, and because Apple Music literally tweeted and said. Drake's uh, remix of Cha Cha by by Drum, and then it was like that tweet was deleted, and then every single time that he was accused, ever since then, like you know, what I mean, like nobody nobody wanted to admit it. But I, 
Yeah, I don't know. I love you to to the end of the earth, Drake. I but you should have given Drum his credit. Like you, you should have featured Drum. You should have you should have given Drum a feature, man. That would have been a really weird collab, but you should oh, should give Drum a feature. Even Balenciaga has been accused of uh, taking ideas like that. Yeah, yeah, I because they I, had that uh. They had that scandal where they had they were interviewing students. They were interviewing students yeah. to be get on their design team, and they would feature their portfolio and submit it and everything. They would view it. Yeah. And they never got back to some of them, and then some of their ad material would be literally exactly the same thing. Yeah, I'm sure you guys like follow like Diet Prada. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, a I, I, that's a great. I group actually to... I unfollowed them. I don't follow them. I'll search them from time to time. Take take what I need, and then I'll leave. It's yeah, toxic, I unfollow man. It's super oh, hell yeah. toxic. They're super toxic. Like I, like I get that that's what they thrive off of, but oh my god, their comment sections are like. Yeah, don't uh, don't oh, dive wow. too deep it's, in that. It's man. sad stuff. Um, back on the Virgil thing. Do you guys think that his stock is still trending upward or that he's hit his plateau or that he's on the way down? As someone that keeps maturing and then afterwards Darius you can go is for me it's plateaued. It's I I I really don't don't see it. We've we've spoken about Virgil before and Darius has shared his opinions on on him. But for me, um that's it. I I love the original ten. Um and that's all I'm going to take away from it. And I don't think I'll he should have done for. any more Nike sneakers after that. I think that should have been it. Yeah, the the, the rubber dunks, I, I didn't get it um, at all. With the exception of those, into I it. actually love those. I love, not not the black and the green colorway, those are beat. But the, Yeah, I thought about those. I always think about that colorway. That's The why. silver and blue ones, fire. I would, I would cop a pair, period. I, that's the only other sneaker he's done where I'm like, oh, this is really good. I don't know why he did that dunk with the... Uh, with the lacings everywhere? Yeah. I don't know. It didn't Felt make like, any sense. Yeah, so for, from that spent standpoint, that's why, um, for me, that's it. Uh, maybe the exception of the off-white fours that may be coming out for men's sizing. Uh, I might want to try for those. I think they're pretty good. Uh, but I, I don't know how, that, how well that will age. That's my only concern. Right now, I'm, I'm concerned about longevity. When, when I'm adding things into my collection. So I just don't know how well those are gonna age in terms of the material, right? If that's something relevant within five years, because I think it's heavy synthetic and I've been purchasing a lot more leather, a lot more suede um, shoes, so that's why. So that's my take on Virgil. Um, Darius, your thoughts? Very similar. I think it's very plateaued. Where else is he gonna go, man? Like, where, where are you gonna go? The creative director for men's of Louis Vuitton, where you gonna are you gonna try to be creative director for LVMH? Like, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Start. You already have uh, what is it? A champagne, the Moet. You're almost there. Take the uh, Hennessy. You know, I um. Do you think that he'll be able to kind of fade? Well, I can, okay. First off, he's turned off commenting on his Instagram, so that goes to show you how the public is. Was that because of his donation and all the BS around yeah, it? I think, I think that was that a big part stupid. of it. That is stupid. I'm sorry. That, that whole thing was yeah, stupid. Yeah, I think, I think that was a really big part of it. 
Um, but, like, I feel like the public is kind of turning on him. And I I guess I'm wondering, is, is he ever going to be able to, not fade into the shadows, but is he ever going to be able to, like, have a high-level fashion job? Um, you know, whether it's at Louis Vuitton or not. And kind of... His his persona is the background. It's not it's not what people are buying the stuff for. It's like, oh, Virgil Abloh's creative director, but like we like the product. We don't care about Virgil Abloh. Like Ken is is it is is that possible? Like is it possible for Virgil Abloh to not be the focal point of the product? I think I th- for his Louis yeah. Vuitton product, it already happened. I would agree with that on the Louis Vuitton stuff. I think here's the plan for Virgil, and I think every creative person needs to do this. Within the next two years, you want to fade yourself out, almost maybe even go ghost, right? And just disappear. If you really want to be in the limelight, return back in 10 years with a retrospect. Or some, some sort of thing where people are like, oh, remember when Virgil was, and then right off that wave. But until then, within the next two years, if you don't fade yourself out and just be on the background and not take the front stage, uh, people are just gonna get burned out and you're just gonna exhaust your your time in the in, in the limelight. That's what I think. I feel less that way about Virgil Abloh and I feel way more that way about Travis Scott. I, I can't talk about Travis Scott because I don't listen to his music and I don't understand. I'm not, I'm not even talking about the music. I'm yeah, talking about but like you're talking about his brand. Else. I'm talking yeah. about his brand image. This guy is incapable of picking his spots. He does the worst job of picking his spots out of any celebrity, musician, whatever, of all time. If I see one more Travis Scott sneaker, (laughs) like, we've had enough. We've had enough. Like, just stop dropping them because people are going to get sick of them. Like, how many... can you name, try and name every single Travis Scott sneaker that's dropped. I guarantee you you'll miss one. Try and name them. Tra- Travis 1, Travis 4, Travis 6, Dunk, Dunk, McDonald's, Fortnite. No, 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 no. I'm talking about, I'm talking about <laughs> the sneakers. The sneakers. So, but Didn't those are all the like sneakers. Didn't he 270? Was it a 270? The fact that you forgot. The fact that you forgot. And you also forgot the Air Force 1. The, the two Air Force 1s. <laughs> yeah. He's dropped eight sneakers in the past, like, two years or, like, nine sneakers. Like, just the stop. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stop doing it. Just stop. Like, you're, you're oversaturating your brand image. Like, he is one of the biggest recording artists on the face of the planet. Why is nobody on his team telling him that he should stop? But I think he might just want to milk everything or his manager. It, might, it could be his manager. He's like, look, Travis, um, we got a really good deal going on. You're going to take about <laughs> 1.3, you know, and out of this 1.3, he might take, you know, something else, right? So his manager is like, you, you know, this is a good thing. McDonald's carpenter pants. Travis, think about it. The M by the left butt cheek and you with the cross on the right. This is what you need, Travis. Come on. The McCactus. Like, do, do you guys think... Especially McDonald's. I think McDonald's... Like, there is a part of me that never wants to buy McDonald's again. I, I swear <laughs> I to God. That junior chicken is... I love McDonald's. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Is It's like McDonald's is so near and dear to my heart because I've been eating it my whole life. But, like, if I was, like, one of those people that, like, ate McDonald's sometimes, like, I didn't really care for it. First off, 
whoever is like that and is like, I've never eaten a Big Mac, you're weird. It's a liar. Second off, <laughs> and like, no, literally, I don't trust people if I'm like, oh, I, I'm so down for a Big Mac, and they're like, I've never had a Big Mac. I'm like, okay, Pope Benedict? Like, I don't like, what? <laughs> um, but, but, basically, like, I, I don't understand, okay, no, I get it from a marketing perspective for McDonald's. Like, for McDonald's, okay. it makes total sense. But, like, from an artist standpoint, is it worth doing that collab? Like, Jay Balvin did, did one of those as well. Like, is it worth doing that collab? And also, like, I was, I was going to write an article about this, and I never sent it to Ed, but I guess we can talk about it now. But do you guys see um, the athletic sne- – like, okay, not the end of athletic sneakers for, like, an athlete. So, like, for, for, for example, there's always going to be, like – a LeBron or somebody that has a a, a signature yeah. sneaker. But with the way that, you know, we've seen the success of the Travis, we've seen the success of, um, like, I mean, Nike's putting out that J Balvin or, or night or Kanye with Nike and Adidas. He's, he's done it across brands. Um, do you think that at a certain point we're going to see more, influencers or musicians or whatever with signature sneakers then we will see athletes yes i think so ed's really thinking about this one we're not being brand specific right we're just talking about like the industry as a whole or are we being brand specific uh no we can we can we can do industry as a whole on that one i think industry of as a whole yeah, I I could see it where they're gonna push more marketing budget because these are tastemakers at the at at the end of the day, right? These are people that have a wide range of audience, and I'm not trying to generalize, but they might not be the most conscious consumers. So like, oh, this person's wearing this shoe, God have it, right? Ooh, that was on a TikTok. All right, I'm gonna buy it, right? Why I asked about the brand thing is because. If Nike were, were to do it, then that goes against their ethos. That goes against so much of their marketing, right? And I get they, they've done a few right now, but I don't, I don't think there's as much emphasis. Like, I still think of Andre Agassi. I still think of LeBron. I still think of Serena Williams. That's what I do when I think of Nike. I don't think of a Travis Scott. But that's also a byproduct of my generation. Yeah. What I grew up with, right? So that's why I, I I would say as Nike, I don't think as much. I wouldn't want to see a John Mayer shoe as much as I, I love him. Um, that would just, it, it just feel weird to me. It wouldn't feel, um, you know, cohesive. But then again, you could say that is the Travis Scott cohesive? What is the meaning behind that? I've never dug into it, right? But if, if I saw maybe because Puma does it, right? Puma has J. Cole on the roster. Okay, I could see them doing more celebrity stuff. Puma now has Neymar, right? Um, Who just left Nike. Okay, so maybe Puma's going to be that one collaborator. Once Adidas sells off Reebok, maybe maybe Reebok's going to want to do more celebrity stuff because they just did the hot ones, right? So I could see there being a more push for tastemakers and influencers with those level brands, but I think um, in terms of Nike and Adidas, 
Um, I hope, I really hope they don't, and they still focus on their athletes. And if I see ASICs and New Balance join the club of celebrity, I don't know. At that point, I don't know. I, I feel like New Balance has done like a celebrity, celebrity one? thing. Yeah, I mean, like, but, maybe not, like, as high profile as, like, a Travis Scott or, like, a Jay Baldwin or something like that, but I feel like they have done something. I, I you know what, maybe maybe it's the Kawhi stuff. Maybe I'm just thinking yeah, of it. Yeah, it's the Kawhi I'm, stuff. I'm thinking about it because of the Kawhi stuff, but I guess, yeah, it's an athlete. But that isn't, I find that really interesting that my brain is, like, automatically thinking of that as being, like a, like, an influencer collab in a way. Because mm. there is something really unique about the New Balance Kawhi stuff where it doesn't feel like an athlete with with the way they market it. It feels like 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 he's an influencer first, doesn't it? With the fun guy and like the whatever, like all that stuff. I think I think you're right. I think they they they're latching onto the cultural phenomenon of Kawhi rather than the athlete Kawhi. And I think absolutely there's going to be more influencer and tastemaker collaborations with brands, especially in the sneaker world, than athletes because there's only so many high, like ultra high level world performing athletes to collaborate with. You know, there's only ever one CR7 that you can collaborate with and only so many CR7 level athletes you can collaborate with at a certain time, right? You can only have CR7, Messi, Neymar, Pogba, I guess. Like, there's only so many athletes, but, and in only so many sports, and in only so many, like, leagues. But tastemakers, you can have so many more in a much more dense area across the world. So you can have tastemakers exclusive to, like, East Asia, South Asia, Europe, Central Europe, North Europe, right? So I think that sort of globalization of tastemakers makes it a lot easier for a brand to have more influencers than athletes on their roster. For sure. I'm kind of surprised there's like never been like a like a K-pop sort of sneaker. Like G-Dragons. Oh, they had they they did it? Two of them. Yeah, those are uh, those are big, bro. Those are Air Forces? I've never seen those. They're Air Forces? Woo. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen I'll, those. I'll, I'll send you images of them. I think they're uh, launching a new one. They're dropping they're, a new they, one sometimes. They launched a second one, and they launched Korean exclusive ones too. Oh, that's kind of crazy. I, I just like, I guess I, I the only K-pop I really know is like BTS or whatever. And I don't I, even listen to K-pop, but you know. I know those G-Dragons, sneakers, man. Yeah, I know them G-Dragons. Yeah, Damn, because okay, it was a, yeah, it was a thing. I, I think the backstory was G-Dragon. I don't know if he's, you know, that was Jay Park. He's American. But like G Dragons, basically, you know, he he has a foray into the United States. Nike comes up with a shoe, and it just at that time, and then the the whole Air Force One was starting to reemerge, where you got all these Koreans now seeing, oh, they're star, they're going to America, they've got a shoe, oh, Air Force One, and then you just saw all the Asians wear Air Force Ones, yeah, and all and of a sudden the, that uh... became their favorite shoe. Yeah, and then you had the clots that featured Donnie Yen as uh, in the advertising material, or yeah. even clot in it in and of itself, hype beast in and of itself, right? Yo, is I okay? I don't know. I don't know if if this is uh, 
like an Asian thing or not, and I, maybe you guys can like shed some light on it. But it seems like every single time a clot collab comes out, the Asian market really likes it. All because like, it's clot. Is 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 like why though? Like why is it like? I don't get it. It's like in the era of when hypebeast was starting, that clot became like a, a cultural phenomenon okay it's in it's in the same it's i'd like to put it in the same sort of category as fragment where they just have stuff okay. and they're just cool because they have stuff hmm. i i can't connect to that but what i can't connect to i do get an excitement when ambush drops something but that's solely because of her nationality and race of being asian all their I'm an ambush accessories. Fan. All their accessories make me yeah. go wild. I've said it before on a pod is I want that lighter holder. And I'm going to put my M.A. Leon door Bic lighter in there. Futurism <laughs> 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 with like the classics. Do you, do you ever want to like try? Like I know that you don't. I know that you don't. Uh, abuse your connection to uh-huh. the ALD. I know, I know that you don't. Um, but you got to be honest, man. When those five fifties dropped, I know, I know you were you were itching. You, <laughs> like, you, we talked you about it. Want to? We talked about it. I I love them. I love what they stood for. Um, and it was great to see. But yeah, I just didn't think it would age that well. Really? Yeah. Like, I want to look back, like, when I look back, I know I'm, I really loved my 500s. I know that I really liked my uh, undercover daybreaks. There's something about that transcending of, of different generations and eras that will last the test of time. But that one was so 90s inspired and so era specific that if I were to change up my style, uh, I don't know what I do. It just become a statue. It's become like a piece of art, which I don't have anything against. But that's why I did pull the trigger. Okay, that's that's fair enough. That's fair yeah. enough. But I still wouldn't cop the GR ones either. Really? Yeah. I think I think the blue ones are stupid. I think that like if okay. you if you had the blue ones in the summer, yeah, you could the, you could put any sneaker really up against nice. that. You could put any sneaker up against that five fifty. Not a chance. You're you're not touching that 550 in the in the middle of the summer. That's better than the Kentucky Dunk. That's better than any Agreed. blue sneaker. Period. Agreed. Like so nice. When I when I saw that one, it was amazing. It was amazing, right? Uh, but again, I'm not gonna cop because I don't see 50 year old me having a, the same sort of joy with it. But I could. I can attach that emotion with uh, with those daybreaks with the uh, with the five hundred. On a personal level, are you guys ever like worried that your style will stop evolving? Like because I when I, like the re- the reason I'm thinking about this is because I saw that uh, that old Carhartt dude. Like the on Instagram, I can't remember what his name is, but like he just wears like Carhartt everything. Like he's got like he's got like the he's got the Detroit jacket on and like the like the overalls. 
I, not that I don't think I've ever seen him rock the overalls, but like you know what I mean. He's got like the little like five panel on or whatever. He's got like the little like chase tee or what like just like all this Carhartt stuff, and it's like, damn, bro, you look like you go to Parsons or something, you know. <laughs> and, he, and he's like seventy years old, and it's like, and it's like I'm so scared that one day I'm just like not gonna I'm just gonna not evolve at all i'm just gonna i'm gonna be stuck in like one thing and i'm gonna be like 50 years old and i'm gonna be like oh yeah these bro I, 550s right, <laughs> 550s, right? <laughs> you know what i i think i think new balance transcends generations i think new balance is the is the one shoe company um with probably like the exception of nike that in terms of like aesthetic, like not just people wearing shoes to wear shoes and like protect their feet, um, Nike and New Balance are the only two companies that really get away with it. Where like you can be a 15 year old and love the 997s and you can be 65 and love the 997s or the 990s or the 992s. Like they are, I, I, to this day, think that New Balance might be my favorite sneaker company for that reason because they just transcend generations. It's kind of crazy because I, isn't everybody's favorite sneaker company Nike like all the time? Besides like Matthew J. Welty, who just wears <laughs> Adidas Speciales, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and superstars. Uh, okay, I'll answer first. I, I do worry about that because the equivalent I see is almost someone walking down the street in a pimp suit. It's because back <laughs> back in the days, yo, you were fly, you were OG, right? No one wants to fuck with you. But when you're 70 years old and you're rocking the same suit with the same hat, with the same cane, you're not that fly anymore. <laughs> and I do worry about that is, will I be 70 years old and still try to rock the the overcoat with the hoodie with with the loafers right like i i worry about that if anything with my time here is i need to further refine the style and then as you know years go by add and subtract but keep the same energy without the same items how about you Dave? i feel like i romanticize the idea of being stagnant in a certain way like would i would i wear the same outfit that i wear a lot of the time like very very regularly it's the very same outfit just different pieces of like a hoodie or crew neck some sort of track pant or like sweat pant and like sneakers i feel like i would be comfortable wearing that even if i get older I think that I am most terrified of the idea of... Okay, I'll explain. Whenever I see somebody with children wearing a hoodie, I'm like, cut the hood off. Like, I'm like, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be wearing the hoodie. I don't know why. I, I have hot no take. clue why. I, yeah, yeah, it is, it's a super hot take. It's a super hot take. But like... I don't know. It's like something youthful about wearing a hoodie. Like I don't I don't know what it is. But like when I see that you have children, like if I would want to date your daughter, you shouldn't be wearing a hoodie. 
Like I, I <laughs> like you should be worried. I don't know why. So I'm just like really nervous of the day where I'm like, oh God, like I can't wear hoodies. <laughs> Man, and I'm like out here actively buying my parents hoodies and streetwear stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I you know I I gave up on that. I bought my dad a pair of um Adidas the NMD the R1s. I bought them for him like wow. a few years ago cuz I was like, "Oh, you know what? Like you should get like like I know you like comfortable shoes. Like this is some boost." Yeah. He never wore them. And I was like, Dang. "Wow." Oh man, my mom crushes those Ultra Boosts. She I, well, I just cost my mom 5574s from oh, uh, no. New Bound. Will Ultra Boost make a comeback? Nah. Never? I, I have think, a pair. I think. They're a very good athletic performance lifestyle bridging shoe. I don't think they'll make a comeback as being like a hype shoe. Hmm. They've reached where they should have been when they launched. Yeah, and then they just like died. Which is like so sad. Like I, I don't I I'm happy that people like they're accessible now and you don't have to pay five hundred dollars for a white ultra boost. But I am kinda sad that like you know, if you wear them I mean like I'm one of those people where I'm like, just wear what you like. Like I don't care, I'm never gonna judge you for wearing what you like. Unless it's like Fila Disruptor twos. If I see you wearing Fila Disruptor twos <laughs> if I see if I ever catch you wearing Fila Disruptor twos, I have a bone to pick with you, I'm gonna make fun of you. I, uh, to your face, it won't be behind your back. I'm going to tell you that you look like an idiot every time. But with the exception of Fila Disruptor 2s, like, wear what you like. But I am kind of sad that, like, you know, it's like the, the Ultra Boost hype just, like, fell off a cliff. It evaporated in the same way Yeezy evaporated. So what happened? I've always been a Nike guy. They, think... Ultra Boost got, got, got... The market got cannibalized by, uh, no, it got cannibalized by NMDs and then NMDs got tired. Like Roshi's got tired. And then at that point, Ultra Boost were already cannibalized and gone. So it was only Yeezy and then Yeezy did the Yeezy thing. And now Adidas is just there. That's probably, that's probably the best point that you can make is the NMDs are probably what killed the Ultra Boost. And the Pharrell's. Really the Pharrell's though? I I think Pharrell's... Shook. The human races, like, the human yeah, they race took NMDs. away some fire, some from Yeezy, pushed it into the NMD, which took NMD from just being like contending with Ultra Boost to like starting to t- pick up the pace past Ultra Boost. See, I you ha- you kind of have to give credit to Kanye in a lot of ways because even the Pharrells, like, who the hell wants a pair of those anymore? Like, who's really going, like, oh, man, like, I'm dying for this new Pharrell release. Like, I, I haven't tried for a pair of Pharrells in two years, probably. Like, have you tried I, for a pair of Pharrells? I have never tried for a pair of Pharrells, to be honest. Because I saw the stock number for the originals, I was like, I'm out of here, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I have no interest. Like, I have no interest. But it's like, you would think that Kanye would have kind of succumbed to the same fate. But Not here really. he is on his, like, fifth adidas silhouette like he i think what happened with the pharrell is like i liked he came out with the pharrell human made nmds those are sick like the ones that kind of look like the stan smith no they have an nmd human made oh like an actual like nmd like with like yeah with a heart on the on the toe and it's so cool 
Oh no! Oh, the human-made ones. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I don't know why that didn't register. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but I, they, yeah, but they are, like those are crazy. Those are crazy. But they just don't. They never interested me. Like they look cool. I think they're great. But I just don't. No part of me wants to own that. I think they started breaking with um, that white colorway, with the green, um, the green embroidery? lettering. Yeah, the the green embroidery. I think that was the first pair of Pharrells that bricked, and ever since then, it was like they bricked, <laughs> like, exclusively. There has not been resale on one pair of Pharrells since then. It's actually nuts. Besides, like, yeah. the Chanel's or whatever, but those are also, yeah. like, you know, you need, like, Covenant, a list yeah. or something. Yeah. That's, like, Dior level of... Those Dior are way Dior better than level. Dior's. Those yeah. are 100 times better than yeah. Dior's. I, sure. I like the, uh, the human-made um, superstar in the Stan Smith. I, it, it felt really Japanese to me. Yeah. It was a few months back. But here's one thing. Uh, here's a bone I have to pick with Adidas, Pharrell, and Human, human Made. The, the sweatsuits. And with the t-shirts, multicolored. That basically like ALD uniform. But Adidas, Pharrell, and <laughs> Human Race did it. It's I think that's crazy. what happened. Human made oversaturated oh, the entire okay, brand yeah, by having all their stuff. Just having too much stuff. Yeezy focused itself in shoes for Adidas. You know, you know what's really the most impressive part about the Yeezy thing is the way he's been able to juggle like the luxury line and the Adidas stuff at the same time and really sold both pretty well. Like I I mean, I don't know if people are going as crazy for, like, the Yeezy stuff as they were for, like, the first, like, two or three seasons, maybe. Um, but, I mean, damn. Like, the guy the guy could have 100% dropped the ball. Like, he, he had every opportunity in the world to fuck that up. Like, and, he did and it's, not. It, it's pretty crazy that he didn't. Let me ask you guys this. In terms of clothing, Kanye or uh, Jerry, Jerry Lorenzo? Kanye. And I'm not talking about and you can change you can choose your eras, right? But in in a whole, do you like the the Kanye look or you like the Jerry Lorenzo? Still Kanye. I think I got to agree on that. I look, like Jerry Lorenzo is very good at what he does. He knows his target market. His quality is good. But like, you know, it's the it's the same feeling that I have about like the Travis Scott shoes. Like, stop dropping this stupid fucking essential stuff. Like, I I don't want to see it anymore. Like, I don't want to see these hoodies anymore. I don't want to see it. Like, I'm done seeing it. Like, like what? Like, what? it is so low effort for you to take something and just like plaster like your name on it. Like, it's just very low like effort. That. Yeah, like, it's just, like, enough, like, enough, like, please stop, because, like, you're good, you're, like, you're actually good at what you do, like, you don't need to, like, lower yourself to this, to, like, selling people, like, your, your bargain hoodies, like, uh, I say bargain in air quotes, because the essential stuff is still pretty expensive, yeah. but, like, cheaper you know than I mean? ALD, though. it is cheaper than ALD, <laughs> but I, but I, I far prefer the ALD quality to the, to the essential stuff, um, but, yeah, like I like 
he doesn't have to lower himself to that at all. Like he's like so much better than that as a creative. And 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 we've seen it with Fear of God seasons one through uh, what was the what was the season where where uh, Jared Leto did the lookbook? Was that like season seven? No, season seven no just idea. came out. Oh my god, like damn! That five. might be like season five then. Yeah, season five. Yeah, five. The season one to season five, legendary, legendary. Okay. Like when you when you look at um, like that that boot with the, the ripple sole, the, yeah, the military, the military boot, boot with the ripple sole, like it does not get any better than that. Like that that shit was legendary. Or like, like the original legendary. zipped um, jeans, the the flannels, the yeah. The inside out t-shirts also good. And and also like the um like the draw like the the extended like drawstrings and stuff and that yeah. hasn't that hasn't aged well, but at the time like holy shit was there anything cooler than that? Like was there anything cooler than being like one of those fear of godheads? Like it was it was the coolest thing. And and I just I don't like this essential stuff because I don't think Jerry Lorenzo has to lower himself to that. But he is, and 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 that saddens me. And and the thing is, I don't think Yeezy, Kanye West is like ever lowered himself to anything. Like, has he? Has, is there is there one thing that we can point at and be like, he really lowered himself to some bullshit on this? Because I the I only can't time the only time that has ever happened, in my eyes, is I think it's Yeezy season three, the Calabasas stuff, the power phase, yes, and the and the and the sweatsuit. But that's the only time, ever, and but, even then, it wasn't even that big of a lower. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was because at least it wasn't him putting like Yeezy on the side of the sweatshirt. Exactly, pants. it was like Calabasas. And it was part but, of like a an album. Yeah, but will will we see the gap oh, we can't hear thing? You, oh no! Oh, there we go. Um, could could you say that once we get into Yeezy Gap, that that becomes the entry level. That becomes nope. the essentials. No, no, because nope. that's 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 Yeezy end goal. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 the way that he's approached it. He isn't going. Oh, let me sell you the stuff that I would have sold you for six hundred dollars for a hundred bucks. He's going. Hey, like I have stuff that I'm going to sell for six hundred dollars, and I know that you guys can't afford it. So I'm going to make other stuff that is also cool, but is a hundred dollars. And I'm totally fine with that. And I have no problem if Jerry Lorenzo were to do that and collab with another brand. My problem is when you go, I'm fear of God. And I drop $2,000 jackets and $1,000 pairs of pants and $1,200 pairs of sneakers and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I'm still fear of God. And now I'm going to release this hoodie for $170. And I'm like. But it's not the same thing, and you shouldn't treat it like it's the same thing. Like, he has enough power in his name for him to be like, oh, I'm doing some shit that is completely different, that is completely separate from Fear of God. And and get, and people will eat it up. It's Jerry Lorenzo. It's Jerry Lorenzo. The guy literally made a basketball sneaker for Nike. He can literally do whatever he wants. <laughs> like, why, why, did he, why does he feel like he has to, like, have this this budget off brand entry level yeah entry level of his brand like it, it's not necessary i think what it is is that yeezy since day one has said like he wants to have his product be accessible like that has been his ultimate goal since mm-hmm. day one when you when he brings in 
um, all this high level and very expensive product, it's okay because it's like, okay, Yeezy name and like luxury and like, and hard to get and exclusive, but he's never strayed away and ever, never, ever shied away from saying, I want to make this accessible. And then when he ultimately makes it accessible, it doesn't feel like a cash grab because it's not like I'm lowering the brand so that I can widen my market and widen my net because he's always said he's always going to widen the net. But when something like Jerry Lorenzo with um with the Essentials lines and the Paxson lines, it's like you start off with this high level and very expensive and inaccessible product and it feels like you're just diluting the product, which is like not what you want to do. Like if if Virgil Abloh did an off-white diet off-white or whatever. He did. What? He did. He did like off-white basics or whatever. Like, yeah, like, he did. Like Joe, and it still Joe exists. Fresh off-white. Or, or yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, because We're it's so not, Canadian. Yeah, because it's like... Um, so, Anybody who's in the U.S. is listening to this because like, who the fuck is Joe Fresh? <laughs> yeah, we, we have people from like Texas and uh, L.A. listening, so they're going to be like, who is Joe Fresh? Yeah, he did an um, entry-level off-white. It was like made in Cambodia instead of Portugal. Um, instead of having the, the, the arrows all the way down the, the back, it was halfway. <laughs> and it was like, it was a collection of one, two, three, four, I think like five items. And it had, you know what happened? It had resale. Like it sold out well, and these, it had resale. The essential stuff has resale value. Like not okay, all of really... it, but some of the stuff does. Yeah. Like, but here's the thing. Look again with the essential stuff is I don't like it when you put essentials on a fucking hoodie, but the puffer jackets are dope as hell. The puffer jackets are so dope. I bought one of the puffers for myself because it's accessible and it, it looks cool. And like the colors are nice. Like I like it, but like he didn't plaster essentials all over the damn jacket. It's like, why do you mm. <laughs> also enough, enough goddamn puffers on the market. Too many puffers. Yeah. We, I think, I think we've had enough of that. For sure. We've reached Peak puffer. Peak puffer. Yeah. We're, we're like Michelin level right now. Yeah. There's the super puff. Here, here's, a, here's a really good question that I have. Do you guys think that the value of the regular North Face Noopsy um, yeah. will rise when they drop the Gucci collab? Yes. Because the Noopsy sell, sells out already. But you think that there's going to be like an actual resale market for the regular colors for like 300 bucks? I would say no. I would think I'm so. That boat. No. I kind of agree with you, Darius. I actually kind of agree with you. Really? But like, I, yeah, because... Yeah, yeah. People pe- people just want to look like they have Monclizzi's and they don't have Monclizzi's. So <laughs> people buy the dumbest shit. Like, okay, here, here's a great example. Woolrich JRB. They had a store in Yorkdale. Woolrich JRB makes some of the nicest product I have ever seen in my life. I mm-hmm. love their jackets. The quality is really good. Even their boots and stuff were nice. I never tried on a pair, but like just holding it in my hand, I was like, oh, it's pretty dope. Their Arctic Parka is a great jacket. Um, the quality is really good. I love the material, whatever. They're not this like super hype brand and they had to shut down their Yorkdale store. And yeah. they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have had to because like they out of all the outerwear in that like Outer like outerwear, 
like Death Valley. It's like they're all fighting each other. I don't know why they're all the outerwear is in the same spot in Yorkdale, but it's literally like it's like who who is gonna kill who? That that row of outerwear is like moose Macosh. knuckle, moose knuckle, macage, arteryx, um, canada goose, canada goose. Canada goose. Like why did they why did they even agree to this? Why did they go? Oh yeah, I'm gonna have to be right across from my direct competitor. Fuck it, why not? Like I like. And you're also beside the most accessible competitor, which is Uniqlo. Yeah. So that yeah. was tough because it's like, hey, if I want a, a, something affordable, I'm going to go to Uniqlo. Hey, if I'm going to wait outside the line pre-COVID um, at Canada Goose, I'm gonna, just going to go there. And not to mention Nordstrom's also right there. Uh, Nordstrom, yeah. Yeah, Nordstrom's I, right I there. went. I went into that um, Woolrich store and I did the same thing. I touched and felt everything. I'm like, this is great stuff. Yeah. I knew Woolrich more for like the Buffalo check jackets, yeah. Um, for like the woods, but it was it was a cool thing to see, and it was quality stuff. Stitching was nice. Um, even Nobis and Kennedy Goose right now, stitching is uh, subpar compared to what it used to be. Do you think that um, Canada Goose will see like? Like obviously people aren't rocking the Chilliwack like they used to. Like I do you do you remember those like Chilliwack like Chilliwack is crack days? Like those that was wild. Everybody and their that. mom had a Chilliwack. It was nuts. Yeah. There has never been, I guarantee you there's in the in the history of Canada, has there ever been an outerwear company that has sold that many of the same jacket to the country ever. Period. There's not a chance in hell. But I agree. Um, do you guys think that people, I mean, like, yes, like people are obviously turning away and going to alternatives, but do you guys think that Canada Goose will have to ever lower their price point? Because I, they're the chill, the Chilliwack price is astronomical, and I can't even, I can't believe people that are, are paying $925 plus tax for the jacket that everybody had seven years ago. They'll never lower that price point because never. this this might be insider stuff. They have other things cooking that will only enhance their outerwear collection. Yeah. Like collaborations and stuff. Not not just no, that internal. product line. Product they had line. a because they just really? launched Branta line again. Um that was that elevates their stuff. They launched that hand woven stuff with the Inuit Aboriginals, so that enhances your stuff. And in their price segment, to be honest, they're actually the lowest priced. Yeah, not bad. I they're choose actually, uh, I choose it over PJs. Yeah, they are. They're in their price segment. They are actually the lowest priced. How do you guys think PJs came and has, went? Has survived? How do you think they've been able to like survive in the market? Because I mean, like nobody buys their jackets anymore. I don't know anybody that has a pair of jumper. I not not a soul. I like. I would be willing to bet if I called everybody in my phone book, I'd be willing to bet like a thousand dollars right now that nobody has a pair of jumper. I could find someone in my phone book for sure. Well, thankfully we're talking about my phone book. <laughs> <laughs> PJs have not um, aged well because it's such a targeted look. Like it's aviation inspired and it's, yeah. I, it's, it's the same thing as Alpha Industries. It's not going to really last the test of time. The yeah. DNA of Alpha is actually military. 
and yeah. their you know their their B to C or their watered down line is just fa like fast fashion in my mind. It Do took guys... away from the story. It took away from the story of Alpha. Do you guys think that? Um... Speaking of like Alpha, and I I've noticed this while trying to shop for bombers. It drives me insane. Do you think that Alpha kind of killed bombers? Because because there, there's a part of me where it's like every single time that I'm looking for a bomber, I'm like, nope, looks too much like I could attach a red tag on the side of it. Looks too much like I could attach a red tag. Or either that or I'm like, looks too much like the olive one that H&M has been selling for the last 14 seasons in a row. <laughs> I want That's a bomber jacket because it's a staple piece, but it's like... Unless I'm willing to spend like $900 on one, I can't find one that's actually worth it. I agree. I think the whole bomber jacket look has been watered down by them. And as someone that shops and tries to find pieces that not everyone else is wearing, you'll never catch me in a bomber. I don't own a bomber either. I own varsity jackets, not bombers. Do you guys think that um, with the way we have had this emphasis on sustainability over the last, you know, I'd say like four or five years, especially. Um, do you guys think that we will see more like premium vintage uh, stores popping up like round two, like, like that sort of format where they have like the vintage Tommy and they're selling it for $300 or like the vintage Ralph and they're selling it for 500 bucks or whatever do you think that will that we'll see that be more of a thing because i know that for example like in toronto f is in frank most of the stuff is or i mean they they close down they're gonna reopen in the spring shout out to f is in frank i mean like i've been frequenting that place since i was a kid but um like most of their stuff is pretty accessible but sometimes they have like band tees and stuff that are like you know like 500 bucks they want for it or like 600 bucks they want for it because it's like you never seen this? No, no, I've never seen that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that F is in Frank, they'll have tees that are like four, five, six hundred bucks because it's like a band tee that is like in like nine and a half out of ten condition and it was from like 79 or something. You know what I mean? Um, and I mean, you know, Sean Weatherspoon has done an unbelievable job in cashing in on that sort of thing. So like, especially considering, you know, all these people that want to buy vintage, um, Will that be a thing? And also, I think to add on top of that is everybody wants to be in on the newest thing. Like everybody, or not the newest thing. I mean, yeah, everybody wants to be in on the newest thing. But although vintage isn't the newest thing, to a lot of people who despise the idea of wearing clothes that somebody else has worn, it's like as it becomes a more popularized thing where people are like, oh, like stop fucking polluting the ocean or whatever. Um these people that don't like the idea of, of wearing secondhand clothing are like, okay, fine. Like as long as it makes me cool, I'll wear secondhand clothing, but I don't want to wear something that has been worn and beaten up and is like cracked. Like I want like new secondhand clothing. Like, is that <laughs> new, a thing? New that, old stock. New old, yeah. New, you know, like is, 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 that a, is that a new thing? Is that a thing that we'll see more of in the, in the next like five, 10 years? I think it is. Even currently, we see more of it with, like, this whole trend of vintage shopping and thrift shopping. And, like, it's, like, this gentrification of thrifting and 
old worn clothing is what it is it it makes it less accessible to people who actually need this clothing and this price point to survive it's a it's like a huge problem in it <sighs> when it comes to vintage um it's a cycle people are going to want it and they're going to think it's cool i've seen a ton of toronto boutiques both online and um you know physical storefronts open some stuff out but I really do think it's it's just going to be a fad because how many more times can you wash that Gildan tea that was from the eighties? Uh, you know how many times can you? St- I don't care if it says made in U.S. Clothes will degrade. That's just what they do, right? And at that point, I think the emphasis should be on recycling the goods, not so much buying it because we're still just dumping that shit overseas. And then all these other places need to, to to live with it. If anything, invest in something to reprocess. Reprocess the, the, the fabric, the yarns, and, and whatnot. And then come up with a blend. So you want to do virgin material with recycled material or upcycled material. And that way, that is a better way of making clothes. Regardless, we need to make new clothes. It's just how we're approaching sure. it is where we have to go kind of figure it out. I think a really good question for you, Ed, uh, especially since you're on the manufacturing side of things, is a big trend that we're seeing in like sustainability and and upcycling or recycling is that we're seeing this, oh, like this garment is made out of fucking 20 water bottles or whatever, you know? But the issue, (laughs) the, the issue with that is also when you wash that, you're there's way more microplastics coming out into the water is there not so yeah what the hell is the solution to that and and i i guess the one solution that i have seen was that there's that bag there we have there's the bag that you can like throw your uh t-shirt in or whatever and yeah and then it'll take the microplastics out or something i don't know how that works but apparently it works but you need to take it to like a specialized like processing plant and there's zero in Canada. There's not one. There's nowhere you can you can do it. So if I buy a bag, I'm literally going to rinse it out in the sink and I might feel good about it in my head because I'm like, I didn't <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't wash my, my clothes, yeah. In in the washing machine, but it's like, no, I literally just drained it down the sink when I washed out the bag. There, there's no one solution because if we boil it down and we're, you're talking about the water bottles, the raw material itself is already cheap, right? So the standpoint is even from mill, even from, you know, the fabric, it is already a lesser quality, right? So I think there has to be some sort of thinking of, okay, well, we've gone through about 10 years of polyester is good. We've gone through 10 years of, ooh, try, try blend. It's really soft. It's really nice. We now have to reprogram and say, well, if you buy this, you know, 95.5 or this 80.20, it's going to be better. But then you're paying a difference. And I had this discussion with someone else too is, how do you reprogram the, oh, I can get a a t-shirt for $20, sorry, $12 or $10 and then say, here, pay $50 for a t-shirt, right? I think we're never going to find a solution. This whole sustainability thing is only going to be a niche. It's going to be a niche audience that's willing to pay the, the premium. And you're going to have these water bottle uh, t-shirts and you're going to have these pineapple vegan leather things pop up. 
and then they're just going to help the, the the McDonald's consumers of the world feel better about themselves. But I there's one hundred percent that there's there's no solution. Sustainability, um, ethical clothing is just going to be a niche because we can't forget that all three of us are so fortunate to be in front of a computer and talking. But there are people that are struggling to make ends meet, and they have to buy that Walmart T-shirt for five dollars. So. There's there's no win. There's only wins for 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 certain demographics and socioeconomic statuses. Is there is there a point where we can reach affordability for this type of sustainability though? Very uh, difficult. Affordability in, in what in what degree? Because someone who makes three hundred k a year could be like, oh yeah, I could I could spend fifty dollars on a t shirt. That's nothing, right? But then someone who makes minimum wage or even less. They can't afford to do that. They have to get that Walmart that branded Walmart t-shirt. t-shirt. Yeah. And like to even get to the point of being affordable to like a Walmart price point of, of sustainable clothes, you need the mass market to support this fully to get money into this into this segment. And if you can't convince the mass market to pay $50 for a t-shirt, 20, even $20 for a t-shirt, it's never going to happen. You can... As great as the technology is and how as forward fo- focused and forward thinking as it is, until you can walk up to somebody on the street and tell them that you're going to pay 25% more per clothing item that you buy for it to be more sustainable and get them to accept that, it's never going to happen. Well, someone always has to lose in the end. And unfortunately for those, it could be from from soil or, and I don't want to dive into that controversy, <laughs> but it could be from, from the soil and, and the growing of the crop, um, or it goes down to the labor of making the raw materials, goes down to constructing it, or it goes down to the losing could also be, goes down to the retailer, where instead of making you know $5 per garment, you might have to end up eat, making $2 per garment you know, as a distributor, as a retailer. And is that something you really want to take on when you have rent over your heads, when COVID is shutting down your your business and all that, you know? So very, very tough. To I guess around. alternatively. Yeah. Um, which. I'm pessimist. Okay. I'm pessimistic about this topic. So no, I can, I can hear you on that one for sure. <laughs> but I guess like alt- alternatively, do you guys ever see fast fashion um, making a maybe not a huge quality leap, but a quality leap to the point where people won't have to buy as much as frequently? Like I have one solution for you. What's that? Un- Uniqlo. They, they're the they're the best. They're the best. It's not even it's not even close. Whenever people tell tell me about fast fashion, that is a hundred percent where I po- point them. I'm like, they're like, oh, I love Zara, and I'm like, you're paying for bullshit. And they're like, oh, I like shopping at H and I'm like, you're paying for bullshit. I'm like, you can go to Uniqlo in the same mall and buy a a, a crew neck for fifteen, twelve more dollars than you would have paid somewhere else. And that shit is going to last you years. I have Uniqlo sweaters that I wear all the time. I've washed them a thousand times. I've never had any issues with them. But it's just wild to me that, like, why doesn't every fast fashion retailer take that stance and just go, hey, like, if, 
if our market is the fact that you guys want something really, really, really cheap and then you're going to come back and just buy it again anyways because after you wash it three times, it's going to be useless. Twerk, yeah. Yeah, it's like why like why don't they just take the same stance as Uniqlo and go, hey, let's make this a little better. We won't fuck up the environment as much. And like, you know, like at the end of the day, like the, the consumer is still going to come back. They're going to, but they're just going to be happier with the, with the way that our product holds up. Like I've never heard anybody be like, oh, I love the way my H&M t-shirt feels after it comes out of the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> shit, that, that, shit, that shit feels like construction paper on your skin. Yeah. I, I mean, with H&M's case, are they then fighting with cause? What do you mean by that? Like they might want the, the, the consumer that wants that better t-shirt. Wait, no, because you're talking about the price point, same price point. But or like a little like five percent more, even a little higher. Yeah. Like yeah, let's say it's like a five to eleven percent increase yeah. on, on a shirt or something. They they might really just want to appeal to you know the most dirt cheap, and then if you want premium, then you got to buy cause, you know like COS their their other brand. That might be their strategy. But Uniqlo, as they start to grow and as more consumers get used to the name and the branding and they start to invest more dollars in opening in corporate America, I do see them overtaking the H&M at least. Zara, I feel like, borrows a lot of design inspiration from a lot of our favorite brands that charge a premium. And there's always going to be uh, you know, people that want the... The Jerry look before cheap. Yeah. Want the, want the Kanye look before cheap. You know what the weird thing for me with Zara is? Is that a lot of the time I'm like, oh man, like what a shitty pair of jeans this is. But then like I'll walk to the other side of the store and I'm like, oh, this is kind of nice. And it's like, oh, it's a jacket and it's $140 and like. It's reasonably priced and the quality's good. It's like what like where like why is there this gigantic gap in their offerings? Like there should not be a jacket that is two hundred dollars that actually feels nice on your body and mm. then another jacket that is forty five bucks that is gonna have tears in it. Like I, I don't like if these like all these companies greenwashing where they're like, Oh, we're gonna be more sustainable and this and that and the other thing, first off, this industry is not sustainable at its core. Like, this is not a sustainable industry. So let's cut the shit. What you guys can, like, what you guys can do is you can just make product that isn't going to degrade and then people, or, or at least degrade as quickly, and then people won't have to come back and spend $200 six times a year. They can just spend, you know, $550 once. Like, I, I, I just don't understand, like... To me, like, I, I, I'm definitely pessimistic about this whole sustainability thing. Like, I want, I really want it to be true. Like, I close my eyes every night and I'm like, God damn, please let, like, recycled souls be the next thing. Like, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, um, but at the same time, it's like, I'm also aware that the consumer is having the wool pulled over their eyes. Like, like, and it's like these companies, they act like they care, but they don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. I, I saw, um, and uh, you know what? I don't even care. I don't even care about this company. So I'm going to go ahead and call them yeah. out. But Aritzia, 
Aritzia, odd, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. But Aritzia, they, um, you know, they're like, we're carbon neutral now. It's like, no, you are not. No, you're not. Tell me what magical carpet you're flying your stuff over to, to Canada on. Like, please explain to me how your manufacturer is just swimming your product over to you. Like, you're not <laughs> carbon neutral. Like, you're not carbon neutral. It's just like, but the thing is, it's like, oh, we're carbon neutral. It's like, yeah, you're carbon neutral in the sense that, like. Maybe their using, office. Their yeah, office your, your office is carbon neutral. Like, you're, you're, you got solar panels on the roof. Like that, doesn't make, like, that doesn't make the brand carbon neutral. But people see, like, I saw this on Twitter, and then I saw the replies. People were like, this is so amazing. And I'm like, no, it is not. Like, the, we need to, we need to, like, as, as a society, like, the, the powers in place, the powers that be, the governments that are watching brands do stuff like this, that say that they care so much about, you know, renewable energy and, and all these power sources and et cetera. Like, when you see, a, like, a, a brand that is clearly bullshitting their consumer, you got to do something about it. And I don't know what the solution is, but like we're at the point where – look, if you're not going to make something renewable, fine. Like I mean I get it. But goddamn, don't don't profit off the fact that, oh, we're sustainable when you're not even close to it. I think what it, what it is that uh, they do – they get to say that they're carbon neutral for one very, very simple – reason is because you can purchase um like green credits with money what do you mean by that so wait, wait, like what does that mean exactly so to claim like carbon neutrality as a corporation as a business in most countries in a lot of countries you can pay money and donate to environmental causes or whatever whatever certain legislation each country has. But generally, you can pay money and purchase these credits from other companies who are far more sustainable than you. So, for example, if, if you have a company that's making the recycled plastic T-shirts and they have a surplus of green credits because you get a green credit for doing stuff like this, they can then sell these green credits to other companies. Wow. They will take them and you get a net quote unquote net zero neutrality in carbon emissions and that's how you get to say that you're carbon neutral because you just purchase all your green credits darius with the mic drop with the that's mic drop I, so if you make I enough money wanna... you could just buy it <laughs> i want to rake my eyes out right now I... jesus so that's how you that's... get so many of these huge companies making these legal claims because it's government mandated to do this to do it. The reason why it exists isn't because isn't so that people can do it. The reason is so that say you're a company that simply cannot produce sustainable things such as say silicon computer chips, right? There you can't make that sustainably. No way. But you have lots of money, but you have to make this target. You can purchase it by making a lot of money and like donating to these causes and thereby circumventing this legislation. But this also makes it possible for you to have a lot of money and not care and circumvent it. 
Damn, Darius is gonna receive some anthrax in his mailbox. I swear. Okay. This is this is this is open. This is pretty open knowledge pretty to a open lot of people. Knowledge. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, they're definitely gonna. They're gonna oh wow. That's Damn. it's like it's Damn. like saying like people purchase cars under business names so that they can drive them. It's like people, everyone, a lot of people know this. Damn, that that's kind of like um. It's kind of like, uh, oh my god, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Fellas, we are, we, we've close to hit the three hour mark. We went way over. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not a problem with me. I think there's a lot of good discussion, but yeah, I think uh, that, that is think, a really good my, way to end. Yeah, I think my brain is zapped at this point. <laughs> We, um, we, we, I'm assuming we're gonna cut this down somewhat because like, no, we're do, we're doing the full thing. We're gonna do the this full is, three hours. We're gonna do the full three hours. Holy shit! We're gonna do the full three hours. Anybody this that is, listens to this all the way through, like, I'll I'll buy you a Pachi burger or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, but I think that's a really good way to end off. If anything, there just has to be a part two. There has to be a part two with with us kind of taking what Darius has just said. Um, and then just trying to see where we go off of there. But gentlemen, that was amazing. That was fantastic. Learned yeah. a lot. Thank you so Spoke much for lots. having me on, guys. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Of course. So of course. Yeah, so for everyone, we can do this again soon. For sure, we will. Everyone that's listening, thank you so much. Um, Darius, if you're if still you want to listening. Plug your handle. Yeah, Darius, <laughs> plug your handle really quick. Uh, dar dot ig on Instagram. And Mike. Uh, at hey, I'm Mikey, H-E-Y-I-M-M-I-K-E-Y. Uh, if you cannot spell that, feel free to DM me. I'll connect you with Mike and with uh, Darius. Happy to do so. As always, um, please rate this on Apple Podcasts. Please follow this on Google Podcasts and Spotify and where else you find your podcast daily. If you've made it this far, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you're a real one yeah you are a real one for listening all the way through if you actually if you have actually listened to this all the way through send me a dm and um what, what what's a what's a nice point that we could see if someone's been actually here's, listening here's how you send the dm send a dm with the with the numbers four eight and two Okay, four, eight, and two. If you've listened this far, send me a DM with four, eight, and two, and somehow the three of us are going to come together and we're going to we'll do end, something. Though. They can skip to the end. We need to we need to find something in the middle. What's something in the middle that we talked about? Uh, without giving it away at the end that we're talking yeah. about it now. Uh, How about this? What was the what was the verdict on Kanye versus Jerry? That's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. So if you want, if you want to let me know in a DM, who was what was the verdict between Kanye versus Jerry? Off the screen, I'll also tell you my my pick, which is I don't know. I'll say it here. It was the same as you guys. That was my pick. Okay, cool. Um, so if you want to know who it is, tell me in a DM. Kanye versus Jerry. Who do we pick? Um, again, this account is Springs Thread. Please follow on Springs Thread on IG, and we will catch you next time on Podcast Eleven. But as a tenth podcast with over two hundred downloads now. I think uh, this was a perfect way to to, to feed the new era of of yeah. this podcast. We you know, we literally long. went three hours on this bitch. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs>
All right. As always, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Take care. Bye. Later, guys. <laughs>